Let's Roll. This is Counter Charge, your podcast for all things Kings of War. as they delve into the world of Mantica and bring you in-depth coverage of all things Kings of War. Welcome to Countercharge. I'm Jeremy Duvall. I'm Mark Zelensky. I'm Alex Coos. I'm Steve Hoger. And I'm Rob Fanuff, and we're back again for a year-end review for 2019. Been a really big year for Kings of War in 2019. Yeah, a lot of changes. Changes we didn't see coming, right? I, I mean, at the beginning of the year, we didn't know that, I mean, they knew, we didn't know that third edition was on the horizon. I don't know. We were predicting it at Adepticon this year because of the 10 years. Well, we didn't know for sure, but, you know, we certainly expected it. So at least I did. So, but uh, yeah, very exciting. It's given the game a massive shakeup as well. I think a lot of people were getting a little bit tired or a little bit too used to the rules. And we've seen so many new faces, new players, new tournaments. It's been a, I think it's been a really great year for the game. Yeah, I think it's definitely been a year of growth. Like around here especially, like I just feel like with third edition, more people are getting interested and just yeah, and going into third edition, it was even growing before that. Yeah, it's like a real good shot in the arm. Well, all right, let's get to it. Uh, hobby updates. Steve, why don't you start us off? Sure, yeah. So um, I'm actually, I'm, you know when you get to that point where you just, you don't want to paint anymore, but I've got this kind of got a pressing deadline for Adepticon, so I need to get some some rats ready. And so I've been painting rats and rats and rats and rats. Actually, just two very, very big rats, mutant rat fiends. So I've modeled them up, and it's been a bit busy over Christmas, so I've not managed to get it done. But <clears throat> so I've been working on them and i've got some hack paws to make and i need to just tidy up the rats that i made last year because they've been to a few tournaments and they're all kind of falling off the bases and a bit broken and stuff but the main problem i have at the moment is that i'll paint something and then i'll try a list out and i'll lose and so i'll change the list and then i have to paint something else and then i'll lose with that list as well so i'm kind of constant kind of hobby turnaround where i'm trying to find a list that works for me and i've got about five different painting projects on the table but I really want to get them done um, so I can take a bit of a break and make some terrain and stuff like that. But it's it's rats and rats and rats and rats and rats is kind of is, is where I am at the minute. Um, and I can't wait to get them finished. So I'm running out of vermin as well. I must have bought over 200 vermin models over the last year or so. And I'm finally running to the end of my supply of vermin. So I'm just trying to make do with what I've got and uh, make them look a bit better using what I can what I can do now compared to what I could do last year, add some banners and stuff. And then I need to think about how on earth I can make them transportable because I quite like to make, you know, models with stuff hanging off them and bits here and there. But actually, if I'm going to put them in a box and put them on an aeroplane, uh, that's not going to fly. Ah, it's not going to fly. It's a pun. Um, so, yeah, I need to think about hobby uh, transport solutions and uh, I might be hitting you guys up for a bit of help. Uh, so you guys are veteran flyers and I'm very much not, since I've never flown with an army, and they usually break just in the car. Well, Steve, the people you need to consult are Nick Williams and, of course, Paul Welsh, because they flew here for Lone Wolf. And uh, Dan, too. I mean, they fly with their armies all the time. So definitely those are the gentlemen you need to speak with. Yeah, my friend uh, Matt as well, Matt Gorham, he flew over um, to go to Vanguard GT because he was um, he was traveling for work, and it happened to be where he was going. So he went along to Vanguard. He's very really good friends with Chris Fisher. And he kind of constructed a box. It was actually made out of mostly cardboard, but it was actually really 
um, you know, solid cardboards in the side, and it's all padded inside. And his army, so his army was mostly metal as well. So that's not a not a light piece of luggage, but um, he seemed to make it over. So I think that's probably what I'll do. I'm not going to be buying one of these expensive solutions because I just don't fly enough to make it worthwhile. But if I can make kind of a box that that figures really well, or I can use a piece of hand luggage that I can slot something into. And so it's got some of that padding. I think that's where I'm going to go with it. But that's that's in the next couple of months. And I'm away for a couple of weeks. So I've, my time is actually relatively restricted. Well, let's toss it over to Mr. Alex. Well, to stay on theme. Um, I've been working on my rats as well. With the, with the new list coming out, I've decided to add a few of the new characters like the Broodmothers and Tangle and Mutant Rat Fiends now. So just been working on that. I didn't get much done this fall, I thought I'd have more time, but it ended up being very busy work-wise. So I ended up just assembling a few things, and I'm just about to start painting up the new characters and monsters, hopefully to get them ready for uh, the best of the rest in February, which is pretty exciting. And then finally moving on, I'd like to move on to my Kingdoms of Men slash Rordia. I haven't really decided which direction I'm going yet, but I have a whole bunch of... Uh, Perry Agincourt infantry that I would like to start painting up. So I've been reading a lot about the Hundred Years' War and brushing up on my uh, heraldry <laughs> lately. And then maybe if uh, eventually if I get bored with that, I might paint up some undead as well, since they've been sitting on my shelf for you know a few years. Now that since the rats have been a two-year project, I think I'm time. It's time for me to move on. You know, Alex, I think I need to hit you up for some list advice. That's why I'm really struggling with my list. And everyone's like, oh, they're so powerful. I'm doing really well. I'm just losing every single game. So I think I'm going to message you after this and just beg for your wisdom. Yeah, I've, I haven't had a great success so far. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, good. It's not just me. But then, like, then again, I've been playing against some pretty skew lists, like multiple dragons and six cannons and stuff. And that hasn't been going well. <laughs> Well, evidently, both of you need to uh, ring up George O'Connell and uh, find out why he thinks Rackin are so powerful, and then he can give you the secret. And then you guys roll every tournament. More claw shots. I think I need, like, I think I have enough for five troops, so I think I'll just add all five troops, and then that'll solve all my problems. Yeah, 100% solve 100. And then Veil of Shadows, and you're away, right? He said, I have not got Veil of Shadows in my list because I'm not playing anyone with any rate. Because the meta in the UK, it seems, with version three is totally different from the meta in the US. You guys are like war machine, war machine, war machine, shooting, shooting, shooting. There is zero shooting showing up so far in our meta. It's really interesting. Yeah, it's a, and it's it's expensive and rolling rolling village shadows and two dice is not, you know, that doesn't get along with my luck. My I need at least three or four dice on a spell to make sure, make sure I get a success cuz two dice doesn't work for me with Bane Chan or Veil of Shadows. <laughs> All right. Well, I joined the Blackjack Legacy Slow Grow League, so uh, Army Challenge, I should say. And uh, so I'm working on that. I'm still trying to pick an army. I've got several in my head right now. So, And despite being on vacation, I haven't made much progress on that, so I'm kind of working on it. I think I'm going to go with the Northern Alliance because I've got the starter set. All those models are assembled from that, and I'm ready to start basing them up. Uh, well, after I paint them, I guess. But... Um, and so we'll see how that goes. And then I might know somebody who's dumping their Northern Alliance models cheap, right, Alex? Potentially. 
<laughs> so I might be able to pick up the rest of the army. That's the one thing that's stopping me from going full Northern Alliance is I don't have 2,000 points worth of them. So, And do I really want to spend the money on them? So I do have a Trident Realm army that's sitting around that I keep working on. And one of my favorite models from the year, a little foreshadowing there, is actually in that army. So I'm thinking I might wait. So maybe that's why I'm going to go Trident Realm. So I got a lot of it cleaned up right now all the metals are cleaned and soaked and everything's just ready for assembly so maybe that's the way i i'm gonna go so really not quite sure but we will see how about you rob you are always the hobby king and have like 80 things going at one time so yeah i i was in a bit of a hobby slump uh in the in, in the fall but kind of back on my game and so i'm back uh working on the kingdoms of halfmen i am playing with jeff swan in the doubles event at adepticon so in preparation for that, I have a few units to paint, so I am previously painting some winged hussar halflings, which have been a lot of fun. Um, and after that, I have to get my Vanguard Dwarf Warband put together and painted for Adepticon. Uh, and then, like everybody, I've bought like a bunch of new armies. So I've got Northern Alliance, I've got Night Stalkers, uh, a bunch of stuff. And so after that, I have to figure out which is the next army. And uh, also, there's a bunch of uh, ogre reinforcements have arrived like the uh, the new slasher model so i don't know I, I, a busy time i'm just going to be i think i'm just going to be painting from now until ever uh what i think i'm going to try to do though is a hobby commitment we'll talk about the end but I, i'm actually gonna try not to buy any more models i've bought a ton of models in 2019 and i think i just want to paint what i already have because uh, I have quite the uh, the amount. In fact, I've got so many models, I'm selling some of them off. I actually sold uh, a bunch of dwarves off uh, to our friend Dwayne. So I'm just, you know, ugh, I have so much stuff to the point where I think I need something. So I buy it only to realize that I already have it. So it's a problem, really. Oh, it's a problem for all of us, Rob. I don't know if you'll be able to stick to that because, you know. Uh, you know, one of my wishes is more models for 2020. So, and hopefully really good ones. So how nice is that slasher model? That's on uh, the uh, list. So. Buttery smooth. So uh, what our, our local store, the war room, uh, war room hobbies had a deal where, uh, for, you know, I think the, it's, I don't remember you become a member and I think it's 20% off. And then we gave us another 5% for black Friday. And so I went crazy and bought, you know, Everything. In fact, I've got. Well, I have too much stuff. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> so, Jeremy, what are your hobby updates? Basilean quest still continues. Um, I am again making progress. You know, I was off for winter break, um, and I got really super super sick, which serves me right for trying to go to Disneyland. Is that uh, the mouse sickened me uh, upon my return home? So I miss three or four days of vacation time with being sick that I wanted to be painting. But um, so I'm still working on trying to um, get uh, the master's army done, which hopefully uh, will be finished. And then I kind of have my eyes set on uh, my next project, which I'm not quite 100 percent what I'm going to do, but it's definitely going to be an all mantic army. So there's a couple ones that are on like the short list, like I think Night Stalkers or Northern Alliance. Both those are cool model ranges. I still kind of have in my back of a head, back of my head, wanting to do dwarves. So that's pretty much it. It's just really going to try to the end of this year, beginning of next year, 
get the Basilians into a playable uh, state and then be start thinking about what my next project is going to be. Very cool, Jeremy. So that means that those old Bretonian models that Rob shipped you uh, last year that you told me I couldn't have are up on the block now? No, 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 no. Every, <laughs> he said all mantic. <laughs> every, everyone wants those. Those will be used at some future date. I just haven't quite decided yet. Those are uh, definitely in the uh, the coffer for a future project. There you go. All I need is a couple of the little peasant guys, you know. I forget who are the guys that ran around the grail uh, chapel, the grail relic or whatever. I need a couple of the, those guys. So, but besides that, programs. I'm good. There is absolutely no chance you're going to finish another army on top of the other armies you've already said. So this is very much in your wish list for 2022, right? There you go. Well, you know, maybe I can wear Jeremy down by then. That's true. So I, I'll have to work on that. So we'll be, I'll be filling him with beer at Adepticon. That's my plan. So well, VNV miniatures make some really good Crusader battle pil- pilgrims if you don't want to spend the uh, Bretonian eBay prices. There you go. <laughs> well, 2019 was a big year in the podcast. We obviously added two awesome hosts. We did 96 episodes, which is great, uh, for a total of 113 hours and 36 minutes, which is <laughs> an insane amount of content. Hopefully we can keep that up and we can actually do even more this year. Yeah, with all the new changes to 3rd edition, it'll give us a lot of uh, content to go through and a lot of uh, things to discuss, for sure. Army reviews for days. Army reviews for days. Absolutely. New armies, uh, new way lists are constructed, etc. So everything that we did in 2nd edition is kind of uh, ready to be redone again. So you will definitely not be bored in 2020. And as you mentioned, Rob, we added two new hosts, so uh, that should definitely increase our content, as you've noticed from Steve, who was uh, really putting it through there. And nice job, Steve, there at uh, the end of 19. Way to make me look lazy, Steve. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know you're just like, you're super polite in Canada, so you're just letting me go first, which I really appreciate. You know, that's, that's very nice of you, but, you know, just uh, pick it up, pick up the pace there a little bit, Canada boy. Just giving you your chance to shine. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. Unfortunately, I, I've uh, not quite shined. My my approach is a, very much the Ratkin approach, which is just throw as much stuff forward as you can and say, you know, hopefully some of it sticks. And uh, that's my approach to podcasting as well as armies. So there you go. Quantity has a quality all of its own. <laughs> it's all slaves. My, my podcast content is very much all slaves, which don't exist anymore. So that says a lot. They're wretches now, which is, you know, that fits. Yeah, I guess. So, but I'm not taking them, so hey. <laughs> I am looking forward to Masters coverage this year. I think uh, we set a pretty good bar uh, last year with Matt, with U.S. Masters coverage, um, and I think we're going to keep growing it. Same thing with Adepticon. You know, I'm expecting Adepticon to be a whole lot of fun. Um, so, yeah, 2020 is shaping up to be a heck of a year for the podcast. One of the sort of hallmarks of the show has been try to have episodes – themed for people who are in kind of all of the hobby spaces, whether they're competitive gamers, hobby gamers, narrative gamers, uh, product seekers for new widgets or gadgets. You know, the widget episode we did, Rob, was probably one of my favorites. Um, And I think that we've uh, continued to grow the show in a holistic and sort of completionist way so that anyone into Kings of War, you may not love every episode, but you're going to find an episode in rotation that you do like. Why don't you touch on After Dark a little bit? That's uh, continues to roll on. After Dark's still going strong. We're having like a little bit of a resurgence, which is nice. You know, we had that period where 
we were going from the Hangouts to the Discord channel and then sort of back to the Hangouts. You know, we've mentioned it on the show before, but there's definitely an intrinsic sort of magic with having the video. Even if uh, everyone doesn't use it, just knowing that it's there to use if you want to. And uh, people just like, you know, people fear change and they feel comfortable <laughs> with what they know. So I think just going back to Google Hangouts, uh, was a way to sort of get the um, group going again. Um, you know, Felix is still a stalwart after Darker, Rashad. Um, we've been uh, uh, doing Universal Battle, which is great. It's sort of kind of a grown out of the After Dark community is a lot of people who have done After Dark uh, were the same sort of uh, Universal Battle people. So um, been getting a, a lot of games on that. Um, yeah, so After Dark will continue into 2020. Lots of people getting ready for Masters. You know, uh, After Dark, the month before Masters, always really gets super um, moving and going as people are in there talking their master strategies, working on those Masters armies, especially this year, Rob, because uh, since it is third edition, lots of people have had to make bigger army changes and are trying completely new things. So Masters this year is going to be a little bit of like a wild card where we don't quite know what's going to happen from it. So it should be pretty uh, exciting as long as uh, uh, Alex can come and get me if I get stuck in the snow with his Canadian anti-snow powers. And, and with the snow tires, change on the tires, we're, we're good. Yeah. I just want like a giant like moose-driven, uh, mounty-operated, you know, whatever to come just swooping in to, to rescue me is what I'm counting on. It's funny because there's more snow in California this weekend than uh, up here. So, yeah. <laughs> but I'll work on. I'll get my uh, my moose chariot sleigh all uh -huh. polished up for you with some. Uh, what is it? Uh, the the Tom Hortons or Tim Hortons or Tim, whatever. Tim Hortons. <laughs> Tim Hortons, like hot chocolate or whatever they serve on the north side, and a croissant fresh from French uh, Canada, and then uh, I'll be good to go. Sounds like a modeling opportunity to me, Jeremy. You know, your um, Vaseline army should be including a Sisters My, Panther chariot that is, <laughs> is exactly I, I as you a, described. A Canadian lord on a moose chariot will get into some sort of army. That would be awesome, definitely. One of the other uh, programs that we have on the show is the Narrative Workshop. So we put out uh, five episodes last year. So uh, episode 305 was The Abyssals, uh, 316, Night Stalkers. 330, we talked about Steps to Deliverance, was, which was the very first full-length Kings of War novel to come out with, from Wings of Sour Publishing, which is awesome. Uh, 371, we talked all about the Muscle Midgets, the Dwarves, and we wrapped up with 381, and we talked about elves, and that happened just before the change to third edition. So there is more coming. Third edition is fantastic, as we all have heard. There's a lot of fluff. A lot of people don't read it. So we're going to be uh, bringing that to you. So between marching band season, band competition season, and the holidays, we're a bit off track. But we are already planning getting back in the saddle for 2020. We also added the RPG show last year, and we had a few episodes. Uh, actually, the first one was episode 299 that were released on 123018, but I'm going to count that one. Uh, that was just kind of an introduction to what we thought the RPG was going to be all about. Then in episode 334, we wrestled uh, Mark Langworthy onto the air. He's the creative genius behind the role-playing game, and we got an update from him. And then... 
the Kickstarter ran and was successful, so it's definitely going to be coming. And in episode 341, we started digging into the RPG as we got some more information on it, and you can go check that out. I know Mark has been uh, working hard in the background on the RPG, and we just got some new information in my email box uh, regarding the RPG, which I have not dug into yet. So I can't wait to get, do that, and I will grab Nate, and we will get back on the air and give you some RPG coverage. So very, very nice. So, All right, and more. We will be having a lot of stuff coming at you in 2020. So here's your favorite section of the show, Rob. Kickstarter. You'll hear later in terms of hobby commitments, I'm done with Kickstarter. In fact, I only backed one, and that was the uh, Kings of War RPG. How about you, Mark? Well, I got to get off Kickstarter. I got to quit looking at it. But I did better this year, channeling my inner Rob Phaneuf. So I only backed nine of them this year, which was down from 14 in 2018. And, uh, you know, in 2018, though, I did back Britton Williams' Ruin and Conquest D&D campaign. So I'm looking forward to that to arrive sometime. So that was one of my good ones. Uh, I also backed a movie called... Um, uh, Dreams in Gary's Basement, which was all about Gary Gygax growing up and his life story and stuff like that. So I was kind of excited about that one. And, of course, we had to beg Zombicide and stuff like that for Colin. But, uh, you know, so that's going to be coming. But I did better this year, and I'm trying not to look at it. And I will say I canceled more Kickstarters than I backed this year. So I did pretty good. I did pretty good, Rob. So hopefully you're proud of me. <laughs> I didn't do too badly this year. But I just can't, you know, it's the inflow and keeping up with everything and the follow-up and the backer kits and everything. It's like, I'm too busy for that. And it's costing me money, and I'm really going to try to focus in 2020. Steve, it looks like you oh, had a bigger you... problem with Kickstarter than the rest of us here in 2019. <clears throat> I had a <laughs> You see, I didn't realize I'd backed quite so so many. I had um, I had something of an issue, should we just say. I apparently backed 16 Kickstarters this year. Um, and I didn't... Yeah, that's not something that I realized that I did. Um, not quite sure what happened. I just I think I just get bored sometimes. And you're like, oh, that looks, that's not expensive. I'll, I'll do that. That sounds like fun. And then suddenly you look at your list and you're like, oh, yeah. That that is quite a lot, and my excuse is that I was looking for stuff I could play with my family, right? So we like to play games with my kids. My older kids are teenagers now, right? So they're thirteen and eighteen, and so finding something that we can all play together as a family that isn't just a, another card game. And we, um, I dug out um, my original copy of Talisman, which is like a twenty twenty five year old copy of Talisman, and they loved it. We've not managed to finish a single game because it's so horrifically long winded. Uh, but we really like playing it. So I thought oh, it'd be really great if I could kind of capture that spirit with a game we can actually finish. Um, so a bunch of the games I've backed are, are just, they're, they're mini games, but they're kind of, um, they're more board games or card games. So that's been things that I've been hitting. And then there was League of Infamy, and then there was the Kings of War RPG. And yeah, things got a bit out of hand. So um, I'll try and keep a bit of a lid on that this year, um, should we just say, because my wallet cannot survive that. How about you, Jeremy? No, I mean, I'm kind of always been, I said it on the show before, uh, Kickstarter's got to be something really special just because I just don't have the patience for it. 
I like to, when I see something, go out and buy it and have it. I, I am on Britain's Kickstarter, which he's, should be shipping soon. I know there was a couple of final art pieces that he was waiting on. Um, so I'm excited to support him in that little side venture of his. But other than that, you know, I mean, there's been a couple that have kind of like popped up and been interested in, but I just... I just can't do it. I saw it. Maybe some of it's like I don't want to open that Pandora's box, and I live in a world where I don't kick, do Kickstarters, and I'm trying to like save my wallet. But uh, yeah, so nothing really on my plate Kickstarter-wise. Kind of in the same boat as Jeremy. The only Kickstarter I've ever backed is Vanguard, and then there's always like something that's kind of cool, like some cool. They saw some cool trolls and some other, you know, old school style miniatures this year, but. I have so many things on my shelves that, and then I guess we'll say like Mershik Bogo offers are kind of like my Kickstarters because that's where I, that's where my hobby money goes, <laughs> getting monsters. Putting a bow on this Kickstarter thing, it's really interesting. My very first Kickstarter that I backed in August 2011 was a company called Advanced Terrain where they made basically indestructible rubber terrain. And ironically, yesterday I got an email saying they're going out of business. So, uh, hey, it's just circle of life so let's take a quick commercial break and on the other side we will talk about the releases for kings of war in 2019 i'm ronnie from Mantic games and you're listening to counter charge and welcome back all right well it's one of my favorite parts of the show where we go over all the fabulous kings of war releases or should i say vanguard releases for 2019 so you know we had tons and tons of vanguard stuff as they were supporting the game this year and it really became something when third ed dropped because a lot of those models got rolled into third ed, which was very nice. So um, it gave us a little something, you know, there's a few things I wish we would change as we go along and I'll make some notes here and everybody can pipe in if they want uh, as we hit the specific things, but let's kick off with January, 2019. It was Vanguard dwarfs and more. So we got the Vanguard dwarf set, the Vanguard uh, dwarf reinforcement set, the Firebrand, uh, Salamander, Corsair, Kuzlo, and Madfall, the Northern Alliance Ice Elemental, and the fabulous 7-inch tall Plastic Fantasy Giant for all of you that did not get him on the Kickstarter. So you were able to buy him again. So of this group, um, I only have Kuzlo and Madfall so and the 7-inch Giant. but uh, um, and I got the ice isle medal, I gotta say too, because I got him in the Kickstarter. So, but, uh, not too bad, not too bad. I mean, um, it added some new dwarf characters. I'm certainly very interested in getting that Vanguard set, but they're offering the miniature separately. So I don't know if I'll get the set to save money or something like that, because they did roll all those character types into it. So what did everybody think about the Vanguard dwarf release? Uh, they're amazing. Yeah. They're, they're buttery smooth. They're probably some of the nicest character models they've ever done. Yeah, I think the Vanguard Dwarves are, again, again, like Rob said, probably some of the best they've done. And I think a, a few of our local players use them, and they're often like this. I, I use them as an example when new players come in, like this is what Mantic Miniatures look like now. Because I know like some people have some re- reservations still, but I'm like this is where they're at now because they're such a great example of how how good the new, the new Mantic stuff is. Well, and I think it's really interesting. They showed off some stuff yesterday for 2020 in which they are going to make goblins, hard plastic goblins that match the goblin Vanguard models. So I think they've set such a high bar with the Vanguard stuff. I think we're going to start to see 
more of that, those design aesthetics roll into Kings of War, which is a good thing. Oh, absolutely, Rob. That's one of my wishes for next year is that, you know, we've gotten a lot of good models this year. So, and they did change the aesthetic a bit, uh, especially with the goblins. So I don't know what I'm going to do with all my current goblins that I haven't built yet, but you know, hey, that's a problem for another. <laughs> They'll just be like every other model that you've got still in the box. <laughs> that is correct. That is correct. We'll have to have Crazy Mark's uh, warehouse sale here sometime this year. So <laughs> definitely. And then coming up next, uh, hot on the heels of the Dwarf release was the Night Stalker release. So you got the Night Stalker Mega Army, the Night Stalker Army Box, the Shadow Hulk, which is basically some bits to go on to the 7-inch Plastic Giant, uh, the Fiends Regiment, the needle fangs and of course the vanguard equipment deck came out as well then so very interesting um i didn't really pick up anything from this release because well i got everything that i needed from the vanguard kickstarter so very cool what did everybody think about the night stalker release i think that the night stalker models are kind of now the de facto uh baseline for Mantic models. They're so good. And I, say, I know you, you don't like putting them together, Mark, but I say I put together a horde of scarecrows. Um, there's all sorts of, you know, we've got some mind screeches that I never, got, I never got to put together. I ended up giving them to a friend. But they're just the perfect kind of horror models. They're just really nice. Some of them I'm not so wild about, um, but with a little bit of modeling, a little bit of work, I think they're just superb. They've got rid of their addiction to straps. They're just very clean. They're easy to paint. I think the Vanguard models, for people who like painting tentacles and do blending and all that kind of stuff, I've seen some great blending effects you know, with with really simple uh, color schemes that just look so good on those Night Stalkers. You've seen like uh, Rusty Shackleford's Night Stalkers. Rusty's got a very simplistic style, um, but the, you can do great contrast in those windows. I think they're just like a painter's model. They're fantastic. Yeah, I think I've seen some like really nice variations on the color schemes with night stalkers too like there's there was one that i saw that was more gray toned that was really cool and striking just because the miniatures have such strong you know features that i think you can take take them in a lot of different directions with the color scheme which is great and i think it's a good army if you want to experiment with contrast paints or other speed painting projects it's a, a a range that would take those pretty well um but you know uh when it comes to this last year with third edition, and we'll talk about it, uh, you know, Mantic has really tried to to build the Kings of War world as its own thing, as opposed to come bring your old fantasy armies and play here. And I think Night Stalkers, like like what Steve was saying, is a really good example of that as a sort of in-house created thematic army that has really distinctive, cool miniatures and is kind of one of Mantic's cornerstone IPs, and that now has been flushed out this year as their sort of, you know, I mean, they have Forces of the Abyss, but really Night Stalkers is their bad guy. Um, so it's been cool to see that army become fully fleshed out. Oh, absolutely. That is a very unique IP out there, and it's all Mantic. So it was really great to see. And yes, yeah, Steve, I'm not a big fan of the Scarecrow slash Phantom frame, but uh, <laughs> too many contact points. I'm like filing and filing, and it's like, oh. So, and I have a hard time sticking the arms on. So, but 
overall, it's a good kit. And Nick Williams has been showing people online that contrast paints is really a great thing with the Night Stalkers. And, you know, there really isn't a fixed color scheme for them. So you can let your imagination run wild with the uh, Night Stalkers because, quite frankly, they are wild. And you never know what's going to pop out of the that rent and the time and space and start attacking people. So it's a very, very cool army if you want to use your creativity and stuff like that. And it is all horror, so... Very, very cool. The next release that came out of Mantic slash Wing Hussar Publishing was Steps of Deliverance. We talked about this before. This was a the very first full-length Kings of War novel. Our friend of the show and Narrative Workshop member Ben Stoddard is working now on the second one. And it is going to be coming. I know he just sent in what he hopes is his final draft of Wing Hussar. And hopefully uh, then it will be able to go to press and we will get our second novel. But very, very exciting. I'm looking forward to more. I mean, I know there's a trilogy in the works. Uh, there's all sorts of stuff moving and grooving in the background uh, between Mantic and Wing Tassar. So very, very excited about that. Um, I think that the next thing is once Ben's novel goes that, you know, we'll be able to see it pick up steam a little bit more. Uh, right now, I think there was. Uh, I think I feel a little lag in the uh, in the mojo, so to speak. But uh, I think that's all going to come flying back as soon as the second novel came out. So, did you guys uh, get a chance to enjoy Steps of Deliverance? It was definitely a high watermark for from further fiction to at, to this point. Yeah, it was really good. Definitely, um, I think. A, uh, uh, again, we see this with Mantic and all, Mantic related products all the time. Is like we see growth. And I thought, you know, uh, jump up from sort of the collection of short stories, uh, Steps to Deliverance was, again, another step up. Um, Yeah, so I'm excited. It was uh, really good. And I I know a lot of people love that book. So if that's sort of where we're starting, sort of at that book, uh, you know, there's only like good places to go from there. You know, I'm really excited to see the stuff that C.L. Warner is going to be doing for them. I know, Mark, you guys had him on and some of his Warhammer stuff, some of the best Warhammer fantasy fiction. So I think the Wing Tassar over the next year should be really exciting to watch. Yeah, we're skipping ahead to, to, to my kind of mantic best of 2019 but i loved that book i really enjoyed it it brought me back to reading warhammer novels like drakenfels when i was a teenager you know just diving into that universe and finding that it's fully fleshed out and there is a world there and it's been written and following that story i thought it was super super great and he's uh he's writing some sequels so i'm really looking forward to that so more novels set in the world it brings it to life you know you can read the fluff but a lot of people skip it and actually having the the novels there really kind of fleshes out that world and makes you feel like it's part. And you can recognize things. You're like, oh, I play that. And that's a thing that I do. And it kind of really makes it really exciting. So it was a massive highlight for me, that book. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, I think uh, with the third edition increase in fluff amount and uh, detail, I'm looking forward to diving into all of that this year now that uh, I'm not just reading textbooks. So try to, like, increase my... Uh, knowledge of the mantic world and i think i'm pretty excited to read steps steps to deliverance oh yeah very excited you know that reminds me i gotta get the wing to sar boys on and get an update from them so i am making a mental note all right and then next up jeremy had to be so excited because we got the basilean mega army and the basilean army set 
And of course, it featured the new men at arms that came out with Vanguard. So, Jeremy, I'm going to start with you because uh, what what are your comments on the old Basileans? I mean, I love them. I still wish, and I know that it comes down to like how the models are produced, and you know, uh, for Vanguard and etc. But I still I love all the new Basilean models. I still wish there was an easier way to purchase them so that you could get just you know. Uh, some of, especially when it comes to the new Sisterhood miniature. So I know that Kyle has talked about maybe in the future them trying to work on better ways to get those uh, uh, Vanguard uh, Basilean models or Vanguard models in general for Kings of War. You know, that's really like my only sort of critique. You know, they talked about how their sort of idea with the Vanguard models was they would have one or two sculpts in Vanguard, but they'd have additional sculpts that you could get that would be released for Kings of War. And that kind of hasn't happened as seamlessly as I would have uh, liked to see, but definitely cool models. Hopefully in the future, we'll see a little bit easier way to purchase them. Hallelujah, brother Jeremy. I want those sisterhood archers and regiments and stuff like that. So, and you can only get it, I believe, in the mega army. So, you are right on. I mean, those uh, vanguard sculpts are great, but I mean, that's just, I'm not going to buy a mega army just to get that one unit. So, definitely, definitely. And I do look forward to the extra sculpts coming out and stuff like that. So, that's uh, definitely on my wish list for 2020. All right. And then the next release. The Trident Realms. Yes, they came along. And, of course, this was Vanguard again. And uh, very cool. Actually, I bought quite a few models out of this uh, release, which was very interesting. So we got the uh, Dam Buster and, you know, the you know the base set and the reinforcements and stuff like that. So, I, I you know, the more I think about it, maybe I am going to pull the trigger on this Trident Realm army and do it for the Slow Grow Challenge. But... Definitely. So uh, anybody have any comments on the Trident Realms release? Frogs riding frogs are pretty cool. Yeah, damn busters. They're the the problem, the, the solution to every problem in 3rd uh, edition. They're like the only nimble flying ho- large cavalry horde left. <laughs> yeah, but that... They're too slow. They're too slow. But it is a very cool model. I think um, Trident Realm had a really interesting year. They, they were the army that always struggled to find a home, but people that played them played them really, really well. Um, there was a couple of really exceptional Trident Realm players that I came up against again and again. All that ensnare is just a big problem. Um, there was a couple of interesting articles about the new army, and I think it's still kind of finding its feet, but hopefully these models will come to a kind of more general release so people can kind of access them a bit better because I think there are some amazing modeling options. There's loads of great water effects and stuff that people do with Trident Realms that I really like seeing on the board, but they are they are difficult to do. So I'd like to see some more of that coming through. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. I got the pleasure of battling Gibney's uh, Trident Realm army at um, the team tournament. Yeah, it's definitely an army that, like Steve said, that plays really well to uh, cool multi-basing options. Um, and then they have another, you know, we'll get to in a little bit of their, their new monster. But definitely cool, um, uh, uh, cool army. And I've always been a fan of the, the River Guard. I think Ninja Frogs are super cool. Um, again, it just would be one of those things that where I think that... Uh, trying to build more synergy between their Vanguard releases and, and using those models, even for like other things in Kings of War, you just want to use the Vanguard models. 
um, maybe a little bit more infrastructure planning to make that process easier. Absolutely. So, and then next up, we had the undead release for Vanguard. And I know this one got Steve all jazzed up. I mean, because uh, that one featured the Gore Blight and a bunch of other stuff. We got undead, uh, what, Vampire Halfling. We got uh, undead orcs. Um, we got uh, all sorts of stuff in there. Uh, Crypt Gouger. I mean, um, unbelievable. So now, Steve, you think that Gore Blight's a little small for his base size? Yeah, he's teeny tiny. So he, he's on a 50 minute. Reach over. I got him right here. So he's, um, it's a really nice model, I have to say. And it's it's full of character. It's like nothing. It's kind of what you want to see in an undead army. It's kind of a, a, a psychopathic necromancer's, you know, fondest dream or worst nightmare. It's really fun to paint. It's a really fun model. It's very delicate. I snapped a bunch of the pieces a bunch of times when I was modeling it, which really annoyed me because it's very, very thin pieces of resin. But on a 50 mil base, he looks kind of a little bit lonely there. He's supposed to be height three, so I get it. But he could have just been a, a little bit bigger, which might have helped with some of the, the resin issues. But as a model, I think it's just fantastic. I've seen some really nice paint jobs on it. And I've seen the Gorblight popping up on other paint channels that aren't Kings of War related. So it's definitely something that, that draws the attention. And the rest of that kit was really cool. It's nice to see undead that aren't just humans. You know, that's that's a nice thing. It's not something they're going to expand any wider because they'd have to redo the whole range, and I understand that. But the one that I, I took into my Undead Army was the Arkasaur Necromancer. Um, and again, it's just another really fabulous model. And it seems they've learned a lot in what they're doing. They, well, there's, there are straps on it, but there's not too many. The detail on it is really nice detail, and it it pops out really nicely. It's just a really lovely model to paint. So that's the reason I kind of, I was really keen on these. They just had these really lovely models that weren't just humans. There was something a little bit different. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. The vampire halfling was really cool. It was kind of neat to see that. And, you know, it looks like, you know, because of league of infamy and stuff like that, that we are going to be seeing some halfling models come from Mantic and uh, let's hope they're not too cartoony. That's my only hope. So, but and then, of course, in October, the big release for the year, Kings of War 3rd Edition. We got the rulebook, we got Shadows in the North starter set, and, of course, we got the Northern Alliance. So, very, very exciting. So, we'll talk about this more later on in the show, but 3rd uh, Edition, very nice for the game. I think it gave... I think it gave everybody an opportunity to say, hey, check Kings of War out. There's a new edition on top of anything else. I really liked second. I thought it was in a good place. But, yeah, it needed a little bit of a kick. So, But uh, this has been fantastic. The new rule book is awesome. And I'm going to quit saying everything. Guys, give me your thoughts on the third edition release. Where do we start? It's just as well we did a three-hour show on this because we could be here all day. But for me, the third edition book is just a huge step up in quality. You know, um, some of the major YouTube channels that have kind of stepped into this now um, because of the third edition release. And that's that that says a lot about it. But they've been comparing the second edition rulebook, to the third edition rulebook. And it really is a it is a massive difference. It's a professional company that's really found its feet. The artwork is great. The layout is great. The rules are just as good as they always were. The models are, are, are really stepping up and it's seen a real refresh in the scene. You know, Kings of War Fanatics has leaped over 10,000 people. Um, we're seeing every tournament is now is getting uh, close to full 
and it's just the beginning of the year. So I think it's a massively exciting time to be part of the game. Yeah, I think at first, like, a lot of the rules changes for people who've been playing the game for a long time seemed, you know, they didn't seem major. But I think the longer that we've been playing it with, and most of the big changes have been in the armies, like, the game is quite different which is a good thing, but like without being unfamiliar, I think it's a good, a good step forward. And again, like Steve said, the quality of the book and the product is much higher. I think with any addition you want to, you, you hope to revitalize and get people talking again. And that's definitely something the third edition has done, whether you love, hate it or indifferent, the dialogue and the conversations around Kings of War have been uh, revitalized. Uh, you know, you see it in a lot more YouTube channels or, or more people getting into it. Um, I notice in, even in uh, battle reports, there's more people that I've never heard of who are doing battle reports. So, uh, And then uh, growth-wise, I mean, the books really are on another level, even though we all wish, you know, that sometimes there'd be things that uh, Mantic would catch or little mistakes or whatever the case is but for me you just want something to be moving in a direction of a company you support and Mantic's definitely moving in that direction just look at the second edition rulebook open it up and then look in the third edition rulebook and if you can tell me that like that is not a huge jump in quality I'll fly to your house and buy you hot dogs I mean it's like anyone with like a sane brain would be able to see just how uh, much that book and then also to the uncharted empires the art and flavor in that book was so much better than the original uncharted empires so um yeah i think we're we're moving in the right direction now it's up to us and uh, as community people to continue as we grow we still sort of i hate to say the word police ourselves but we still continue to foster the the key tenets of what makes the kings of war community so great is the sort of uh Goldilocks of games, you know, it's not too small, it's not too big, it's just the right size. So as we, we do get bigger, we just continue to make sure we keep an eye out on uh, on growing the community in in uh, in a positive way. Yeah, to that growth, like I've noticed around here in the last couple of months, like people popping up that you're like, oh yeah, that that are interested in showing up, and I think all the little uh, the areas around here that have you know groups of three or four are growing to like you know, six or seven or eight guys, which is great. And one of the big features of the third ed release was that starter box set that featured the Northern Alliance and the Night Stalkers. I mean, there wasn't really anything new in the Night Stalkers that, you know, was in the box, but the Northern Alliance models were brand new and totally awesome. I actually really enjoyed building them, which is, I mean, they were just very straightforward and terrific. Uh, Everything went together well and very very excited about that so and on top of that it came with the gamer book and it's not the little gamer book it's a full-size book that just has the fluff cut out of it and which was very very welcome so i think the only thing that they could have done better in that box set was include multi-bases so if they had mdf multi-bases in there i think it would have been a grand slam so but i'll take the home run as it was so everybody i know alex you picked up a copy of the starter box yeah, I did. I split it with uh, one of our local players. He started uh, Night Stalkers. It's a it's a great kit. It's a lot of a lot of stuff in it, and it, I like having the smaller rule book <laughs> as an option. I was say I had a lot of the snow trolls and stuff from the Vanguard set, set so it kind of like dovetailed nicely together. 
Exactly. I had a lot of that too. So, because I had all the Vanguard stuff, you know, and that kind of rolls into the uh, releases that we had for the Northern Alliance. So, of course, you had the brand new Klansman plastics, and then uh, they put out the Tundra Wolves. You know, they're out there. And uh, of course, the big stars of the show were the Snow Foxes that came out in the scene. And the big thing, you can't buy them separately. There's two of them <laughs> on a frame of Klansmen. So uh, they're like uh, hen's teeth. They're hard to find. So, I mean, uh, we've been looking at all sort of different alternatives, have we, Alex? Yeah, I've been looking at uh, a bunch of different dog and uh, familiar miniature is all about. <laughs> I might end up using uh, some hounds from uh, Warlord or Footsore <laughs> at this point. Absolutely. So, I mean, we got to do something about that. And uh, hopefully we'll find out uh, that they'll find another way to do them or something. I don't know. But, I mean, they're a good unit and everybody wants them. And my daughter's like, snow foxes. So that was exciting. Now, the other thing, in full disclosure, they're a pain in the butt to put together. So there are a lot of little pieces. I, more than I thought, uh, you know, especially for as mono pose as they are, I guess you could do some converting on them, but you know, there's only two different sculpts and, uh, I mean, you got to put them together and then the legs go on them too. It's like, you know, so that part, I didn't enjoy that much, but, and then of course we had the ice kin bolt thrower, bolt throwers have always been awful. So, uh, I really like the look of it, but I haven't picked it up. And then, of course, we're going to go ahead and we're going to wrap up the year. We got Uncharted Empires. So very, very excited about that. And for the first time, I bought it digitally. So I didn't get the hardback yet. So I couldn't wait to download it. I was having some trouble getting a hold of a copy. So I got tired of waiting. So, But what a great book. I'm really enjoying it. And I can't wait to dig more into it. I really like having two options for the Brotherhood. That really got my, me excited, as well as the Free Dwarves. So, very cool. So, what did everybody think about Uncharted Empires? I really like how they've kind of, like, moved forward with all of the armies. They they all have their own character now. They're not, they, don't, they, they feel like their own thing. They're not just, here's a GW port for your miniatures. So it's they're try they're they're really moving forward and developing their style and for each army, and I'm happy because most of the armies that I play are in that book. So, you know, I get the idea that it's not fun when a, an edition comes out and you can't play with the models that you had anymore. So I know uh, Steve mentioned it in his uh, weekly roundup review, but I love that one thread talking about what can you use like stampedes for or, or trying to look at ways you can use models that maybe previously you were using for something else that aren't in the game. And then also too, I think it's good when you, you're feeling that frustration to take a step back and think about the Kings of War space like a year ago when there was a lot of heavy thinking that Mantic was just going to completely get rid of a lot of armies that they didn't produce full models for, just ax them completely. So to me, this feels like knowing maybe uh you know what could have been taken away the fact that they are trying to make these armies more in line with their own um world and to you know try to encourage people to shock shockingly buy their models i think uncharted empires is pretty cool but again it's like i get the frustration but in in the scheme of things i think 
losing a unit or having a couple things change is a lot better than having the whole army completely go away, which imagine what would be happen if, you know, Mantic had said, okay, guys, there's no more herd planet would have exploded. But so I think it's a pretty successful book. Lots of cool stuff in it. Um, again, for me, the art is really great. Uh, lots of really uh, great art. I had missed that the RLS was like a giant wolf. I don't know if they had said that previously in Fluff, but I thought that was pretty cool uh, um, from the art in Unchained, uh, Unchained Empires. And yeah, you know, I mean, um, what do you think, Rob? I know that you have kind of... Uh, uh, been building like a, a halfling army or you know you and i haven't direct, talked directly what do you think about them getting rid or changing some stuff in uncharted empires i think it's great uh you know i've been an advocate for consolidation uh because obviously it's hard to balance the game when you've got a million different armies and so i think they found a very happy medium between you know actually eliminating stuff but still giving us new areas to explore. And so I think that the big, the big thing from Uncharted Empires that I'm really excited about is the theme list. I think that really opens up some really fun ways to explore army construction and arm and, and playing different armies without encumbering the game with a lot of excess. And so uh, I've been looking at the Brotherhood list. Man, to Mark's point, I love the fact that they've got two new lists now and they play distinctly very, very different which I think is very thematic. I just, uh, you know, from a fiction standpoint, from an army construction standpoint, I just love the direction of where the game's going. And uh, I, I'm just excited for third edition into the future. To add on to that Brotherhood point, like I like how all of the human armies now, they feel distinct. Before it was, they seemed a little samey in some ways, but now they, they have some like the more distinct st- styles and approaches, which is great. Yeah, I think they really took the time to take armies that were historically his Warhammer army, and they've put their own spin on it. I, I don't think you could say the Brotherhood army is no longer Bretonian. I, I think it's its own thing. It's Brotherhood. It's you know Order of the Green Lady, Order of the you know the Brother Mark. So I am just really excited they put their own stamp on it and kind of a. It's kind of just another example of Mantic maturing as a company. You know, back in the day, they would thumb their noses at GW. I think now they're just standing on their own two feet and doing their own thing, which uh, we've been waiting for a long time for that to happen. Yeah, for me, I think Uncharted Empires is uh, some of the armies, I think, still need to find their feet a bit more. And I think when we come to the next Clash of Kings, I think some of the Uncharted Empire themes are going to see some of the biggest adjustments. Just because people are struggling to make some of those lists work in a way they are more flavorful and definitely more mantic based um but i think what people are trying to do is to try to find a a key to make them work and some of them have been really successful and some of them have been less successful i don't know if they were play tested less or more than than the main book armies but i think what's going to be really exciting for me is because this is the direction mantic's going to go with its models right so their absolute intention is to have every army will have its own set of models. And Matt Gilbert said, you know, he wished that he wished he could have had the resource to create models for every army and to release them all the way that someone like Games Workshop does. And I think that's the most exciting thing for me is that armies will change and lists will change and that's cool. Um, but actually what we're seeing is the direction they want to go with their themes and lists and stories to create a universe that people are really invested in. And I think over the next few years, we're going to see models for all or you know most if not all of those armies coming through and that's going to be really exciting for me 
look at the, all the fertile ground Mantic has to play in now. I mean, you know, the main rule book has all the armies they already make models for. And then this is where you're going to see a lot of cool stuff come up. And it'll be interesting to see which armies get kind of taken under the wing and moved into the main army book. I hope it's all of them. So that, um, you know, I mean, that'll make it a very weighty tome when 4th edition comes out in five years or so. But, you know, um, it'll be very interesting to see how it goes. But, I mean, that this, I'm really hoping that this is where we're going to see a lot of model growth. And hopefully, you know, if there's any deficiencies or something like that in the armies that, you know, are seen through all the tournament play, you know, we'll get our uh, annual update. And uh, hopefully that'll tweak things. And, uh, you know, as we always said, those annual updates are a great way to keep the game fresh and stuff like that. So, you know, but this is kind of an exciting time. Everybody's at the same level again, you know, trying to f hash their way through the army lists and stuff like that. And, you know, as Jeremy mentioned before, you know, Masters is going to be very interesting. I mean, they moved to third edition and, uh, you know, I mean, you're not going to have honed lists uh, probably by then. So it'll be very, very interesting. All right. Well, hey, that was a nice little romp through the 2019 releases for Mantic Games. So why don't we go ahead and slide into a commercial break. And we're going to come back on the other side. And my other part, favorite part of the show, we're going to go over our top threes in various categories. So we'll be back in just a moment. Hi, this is Rob Berman, and you're listening to Countercharge. And welcome back. All right. As I mentioned before, it is time for the top three lists. So we've got various categories and I can't wait to go through them. We're going to each go through our three, two, ones for each category. And I can't wait to get started. So our very first one, our favorite Mantic release for 2019. And no, you cannot pick third edition because that is obviously number one. So Jeremy, you are first up. Sure. So um, my number three, and it really could have been um, uh, any of these from the their Titan releases, was uh, the Goblin Slasher. Um, I think it's a great model. I'm a big fan of uh, Mantic's bigger resin kits. I love what they've been doing with goblins. You know, they just did a thing on their blog post about plas plastic goblins coming in 2020. So I love the sort of like ninja e feel. I think Mantic uh, is doing some cool stuff with their goblins. So, uh, you know, by, by the time I finally finish the Basilians, maybe the goblins will be out and I'll do goblins. So, but Goblin Slasher is my number three. Number two is the Gorblight. I love it. I think uh, flavor wise, you know, we touched on it in the Undead Army review, a snapshot of for third edition of having like a zombie automaton or zombie construct. I think it's a really uh, cool model. So super flavorful. Really like it. And then my number one, again, like I said, it, it could have been uh, uh, Goblin Slasher could have been in this uh, spot or the Phoenix, but is the Chimera. You know, when I went to go visit Scott Holcomb and the Southern California guys, uh, one of the guys there playing one had one fully put together and painted up. Uh, and it is a really uh, awesome model. Uh, very well done. Um, again, we're beginning to see Mantic do more and more models that show up in just painting blogs or stuff outside of the game, which shows you the quality uh, that they're doing. So for me, that, that Chimera was uh, the number one um, model release for me for 2019 what about you mark all right well number three 
I would love to say the Basilate and Sister Archers. However, they're only available in the Mega Set. And I guess they technically came out last year. So I'm going to have to give it to the River Guard Dam Buster. I love that frog. He is so cool. So I'm hoping we get a couple other sculpts so I don't have to do a lot of conversion work to make a unit out of them but i've got my first one and uh, i'm gonna definitely get more i really liked them and as i mentioned before i actually purchased a few of the vanguard trident realm releases for kings of war i know trident realms is a finesse army and i'll probably get my head stopped with it but you know the more i think about it as i'm going through this podcast that's going to be the army i'm going to put together so and then uh, number two the goblin slasher i love that that actually has me want to play goblins so that is such a cool model and it's even better painted i mean (laughs) i'll never paint it like that but what a cool model i just and rob has already told us it goes together like butter i can't wait it's definitely on my uh list so it's definitely definitely on my to-do list and uh my number one i love the northern alliance plastics from the shadows of the north starter set Uh, Those Klansmen are just awesome. I really enjoyed building them for some reason. They weren't too simple and they weren't too difficult all at the same time. And they had some backpack options. And um, I actually converted the Scald, like I said um, before. I did a conversion out of them. And I I just thought they were really cool. And I just, it was a new army. And that's what really got me excited about it. And, you know, I just, I thought they went together pretty well. And uh, I had actually a lot of fun building them because there weren't too many contact points and uh, the mold lines weren't too bad. So I really, really enjoyed them a lot. So Steve, what were your favorites in 2019? Yeah. So I, we've actually already talked about all of my favorites and there's been, there's been loads of model releases from, from, from Mantic this year, but I kind of, I, I don't feel I can say I love this model until I've actually held the model. If, if, I, if I've not been motivated to purchase the model, then I can't really say that I loved it that much, right? So um, there were some really cool models, but until I've actually bought them, I'm not going to say whether I love them or not, because you never know until you've actually put them together. So we've already talked about the Vanguard Undead, but particularly, and Jeremy's mentioned the Gorblight again, I've really, waxed lyrical about it before. I loved painting that model. I actually don't like painting models very much, I've discovered, but I really enjoyed painting that one. You know, it, it just, it, it, it flowed really well. It was a lovely model to put together. And the same with the, the Arkasaur Necromancer is the first model. I took some some painting instruction uh, this year from a few of our Kings of War friends. Um, and it was the first model I painted after I kind of learned to paint properly, I suppose. And it just showed me how a model can look really good. Um, if you paint it well, which is something that I've not been able to do. And I've got, you know, I'm looking at my model shelf now and it is full of stuff that I painted last year. And I kind of wish I knew what I knew now then when I was painting them, because I'm certainly not repainting 4,000 points of L's. Um, so those, those are kind of my, my three and two, but my number one is definitely steps to deliverance. And we've talked about it before um, uh, earlier on, on the podcast, but for me having um, a work of fiction that I can actually, I'm, got quite a short attention span i don't know if you guys are the same but i'm a flitter i flip from things so for me to sit down and actually just lose myself in a novel um for that amount of time is pretty rare and it really made me feel like a kid again and i can't wait for some more of that stuff and i i've devoured every piece of kings of war fiction that's got a story behind it i think the fluff in the book in the the rule book is great but it's not stories it's kind of short snippets and where they're kind of story based i like that but actually the chance to plunge into some fiction really got me excited and inspired me to create a tournament based around stories, which is what I'm working on at the minute. So that's part of my, my resolutions we'll come on to later, but 
writing I, I've always I was I, when I first started work after I uh, on my in my second career I was uh, in editorial doing writing so I really like writing but I never really found something to write about and it really inspired me to to, to create a story-based tournament so Steps to Deliverance is definitely my number one uh, Mantic release for this year how about you Alex well, it's going to sound similar to the above for share a bunch with uh, Mark and uh, Jeremy, but I think my number three is the Goblin Slasher because I think it just looks like a great giant monster. It's just like it, I like the the dinosaur-y kind of vibe to it, and just it, it I think it fits perfectly, and it's a good evolution from like the Wing Slasher from the Orcs, um, you know. Frogs riding frogs, dam busters are great. Uh, but uh, one of our local guys has a, a unit of them, and I've, I've, see, I've seen them in person, and they are awesome. And then uh, the Northern Lions Chimera, because I think that's their best new giant titan. I think it's, I think it's just a really good example of where they've gone aesthetically and just scale wise and detail wise. I think it's just awesome. And I think, I think it's just a great centerpiece model for the army and for like the whole brand. I think, I think an honorable mention. I don't know if they came out this year, but like the new Vanguard dwarves are really nice. I think they're like my three B. That's a good segue to me. Uh, my third is the dwarf resins for Vanguard. Uh, they really, as I mentioned, they set the bar really high, and I'm just really hoping that that design aesthetic from the armor and the way they look. I hope that gets carried into Kings of War, and maybe we see some new plastics down the road. My number two is the Goblin Slasher for all the things you've already said. Um, I was already a big fan of the Wing Slasher, but, you know, this one's even cooler. And, I, and I'm and i a really big fan of things that can be used in a couple different armies, right? So you could use this in a Goblin army, you could use this in a uh, an Ogre army. Uh, and then, I don't care about rules, so my number one has got to be 3rd Edition. We touched on it. You know, I, I like the way that they were able to finding the right balance between army units consolidation and creating uh, U new and unique fun content um and i think the big piece there is obviously that master thematic list was 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 integral in that um with that let's talk about what folks said on our facebook page a lot of folks you know said third edition was the big was the big release and you know i I can understand that we've got a we've got a shout out to dead zone escalation we got a couple people saying uh, hey don't forget the maw pop luncher that's an also a great model we've got somebody mentioned the dam buster the phoenix uh, another shout out for the slasher, um, and then Keith says, you know, the nice stalker. The whole line uh, is just really great. So uh, I think in general, this was a banner year for great looking models, or a, a very demonstrative step forward in aesthetics and uh, model quality. Yeah, because they had the the kraken and the terror and all sorts of stuff came out, and then the the wing it. There's a lot of really cool, characterful models that came out. Absolutely, absolutely. I think what you say, Rob, is uh, really important about the dwarves aesthetic. Like we're now beginning to know truly what does a dwarf look like in the Mantic world in Panathor. And the same thing with um, their goblins, you know, that I mentioned before, is not only are we seeing sort of these uh, uh, typical or, you know, standard fantasy races in uh, Kings of War, but... Uh, Mantic has begun to continue to develop what they look like in their sandbox. 
so I think we bring up the dwarves. I think is a really good uh, sort of window into that as as developing what are these races that we all know as uh, standard fantasy races, but how do they exist and what do they look like within uh, King's War? I think that's a, a great example actually and the wing it is a great example of that and it was pretty close to me putting that on my list but i i haven't like physically got it so i i, I, I with my rules i couldn't go for that but we finished up the goblin army review uh, last week and i'm halfway through editing it um, and one of the things we talked about was the fact that games workshops goblins are some of the best minis they've ever produced and that's really hard to go against that kind of aesthetic because they were so good and there were so many models and things like the wing it and the warp and the Morpup launcher are an example of Mantic really finding its feet and challenging that and saying, well, we can make goblins slightly different. And goblins are always going to be goblins because it's a trope. But actually, this is something that is uniquely Mantic. It's really flavorful. And you look at that and go, aha, that is a Mantic mini, right? It's like the dwarf gyrocopter from GW. And there's a reason that we don't have, you know, flying anything dwarves. It's because it's so GW. You just look at that and go, yeah, that's definitely Games Workshop. And we're starting to turn the other way, I feel, with some of these new releases where you can go, yeah, the Winget is a fantastic model. And it's very uniquely Mantic. It's not something anybody else has got. And I think that is super cool. Well, while we go ahead and move into our next top three and our favorite Kings of War related things from 2019. So, Jeremy, what did you enjoy? Sure. So number three on my list was the second inaugural living legends team tournament out of the black eyed vodka distillery in Fort Worth, Texas. Um, I teamed up with, um, uh, the infamous, the lovable, the, uh, non-controversial Todd Serpico. And, uh, it was last year, our team was, uh, the social justice warriors as we both work in social work. And today what our, uh, this last one was, uh, return of the justice. Um, so we were excited. That was really fun. And the the first year we went zero and four, our four and zero, only to get destroyed on the in the fifth round to drop from first to fourth, I think. Uh, so this last year we were uh, uh, excited to try to uh, uh, claim our title, and we went five and zero and ended up getting out hobbied by Dojo somehow. And uh, won best battle, but did not take best overall. So we'll see next year, maybe a uh, uh, third time's a charm for justice. Uh, but that is a really fun event. Um, I won't be surprised to see that on some of uh, my co-hosts' top uh, three as well. Um, and anyone who's interested in a cool team tournament that uh, combines both the fun aspects of a team tournament but still has really high-quality play and paint, definitely check out Living Legends. Um, number two for me was uh, the Bay of Kings. Bay of Kings is our local two-day tournament, and this year we went from the first two years of having between 11 and 13 people to this last year we had 23 people from four different states come. It was really uh, a, a watershed uh, mark for us and showing that you know if you if you're having struggle building a local event, travel to other people's events. We uh, and in, in traveling around, uh, we were able to really get to know people in Pacific Northwest, and a bunch of the Texas people came. So uh, a lot of our hard work uh, flying around the different events really was paid back this year with people coming to Bay of Kings. So it was like a legit, real, you know, uh, 60%, 70% were, were Masters levels players. So it was like a really legit tournament. We had a really great time. 
hats off and shout out to Britain for running that as always. I know running an event is a lot of work, um, but that's my number two. Number one for me uh, was Adepticon. Uh, a lot of people talk about if you love miniature wargaming, which I do outside of just one game system, but you just love the hobby as a whole. Adepticon really is like the mecca for that, and I was not disappointed at all. Uh, the uh, scope and scale and um, really like majesty of that event, you have to see it to believe it. It is really an incredible um, uh, convention for if you love miniature wargaming. Um, I got to see all my Midwest people. Um, Mantic Night was a blast. Uh, get a few cocktails and sit in, sit in front of Jesse Cornwell for his uh, whispered commentary of Mantic Night, and uh, you won't ever laugh so hard in your life. So that was pretty fun. Uh, the tournament was great. Uh, jumping over Keith Randall to take his award from him after the last round was just fantastic. I sleep completely nude with just my Adepticon medal on a nightly basis. So put that in your head, Keith. Um, it was fun. It was a total blast. You know, Rob, Jeff Swan, and I had stayed in an Airbnb, and we had uh, White Castle, which I'm happy to say I did once and don't ever need to do it again. I've experienced it. So, but it was a blast. I can't wait. Um, uh, for it again this next year and anyone on the fence for adepticon make sure to go check it out it really is a magical uh uh convention so what about you mark all right well yeah adepticon is definitely special i'll be talking about that in a minute but my number three counter charge going truly international i kind of started this off with my international press corps and you know, uh, Steve was the first one to jump on board with that. And then we were rolling on Alex and, and then we just went full host and it, it's fantastic. I love it. Um, I'm still looking for somebody in Australia, by the way, if you're listening to the podcast, but anyways, um, you know, very, very excited about that. And I just, I just really feel that it was something that just really needed to happen. And I'm so glad that it did. And it's been great. Steve's been, uh, you know, able to go to the, all the uh, Mantic events and Open Day and hit headquarters. And, you know, we've been getting great reports. And Alex has been giving us some stuff from Canada and, you know, to help complement all the U.S. coverage that we have. And I, I just I really love it. And I just think it was really important for the podcast. I'm so glad we were able to get that done here in 2019. Uh, number two, Adepticon. Uh, Jeremy, Rob, and myself for attendance and in the same place for the first time. So it was fantastic. I love the one photo that we took. There was, it was a great time. I am always there, you know, with uh, my kids running around, and uh, it's just, it was, it, I just love Adepticon. I just love it. So if you ever get a chance to come, come, and uh, we're going to have Steve this year, so which is going to be a lot of fun. And I think we may have convinced Alex, so it'll be a lot of fun this year. Definitely looking forward to it. And my number one for the year, Jeremy mentioned it as his number three, and that's the Living Legends Team Tournament. It was great to hang out with everybody. Rob, Jeremy, and myself reunited for a fun-filled weekend. Uh, Rob, Colin, and I went out for a great dinner over at Pouring Glory. Had a great time. Hot Fusion was lived up to the hype. Uh, Colin found a couple of his favorite beers there. Uh, Golden Catapult, and can't remember the name of the pickle beer, but... I had a blast. It was so much fun. We were there a couple of times. Uh, Colin actually got drunk for the first time in his life. That was fun. Uh, many thanks to Jeff Swan and his family for hosting us and letting us crash at their place. And uh, it was beyond awesome. I mean, despite our team coming in dead last, 
it was a lot of fun. And, you know, what they what they told us before was, you know, hey, it's a fun tournament. It's relaxed. So we put some total garbage lists together just to go have fun. And then promptly in the very first game, I faced up against Dojo and got crushed. So <laughs> I knew it was on. I had six Phantom Regiments, I think, uh, Mr. Green was running. And uh, and Scotty was on the other side with some blunder uh, I call them the blender witches. Uh, they just came in and uh, Twilight can and all oh, was horrible. But uh, we had a good time. And uh, despite all that, flew with an army for the very first time. I was happy to say we had not one model break there and back. So it was fantastic. But what a good time. If you get a chance, uh, the venue's terrific. I mean, the food's fun. I just I it had the whole package. I had such a good time. So that was the Living Legends team tournament. So Steve, you're up. What were your favorite things from 2019? Yeah, so it's been quite a year. So, you know, people um, may not realize, but actually this is my first proper year playing Kings of War or playing any kind of war game. Um, I started playing Kings of War maybe November 2018. So I remember the Clash of Kings 2019 was one of the first things that that, um, that hit me. So... What's been really amazing for me this year um, is kind of the the international kind of friendships that I've made playing this game and becoming part of Countercharge and, and you know, having a, a YouTube channel, all this kind of crazy stuff that I just kind of did because I thought it might be fun. And actually, I've, I've made some some real friends, which are, you know, and I'm massively excited to kind of meet some of the people and that I've, that I've made friends with this year. And, you know, it's not just you amazing people on Countercharge who have become a really big part of my life, but... You know, I chat to people every single day across the world, which is something that I really miss from back when I was doing kind of uh, online gaming quite a lot when I, I used to be a video games journalist. So that's um, that's that's definitely my number three, although it could be my number one, frankly, um, because the 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 lease of life that it's given me in this hobby is has been really extraordinary. Um, but my number two is um, definitely so I, I have a very small YouTube channel, and in, in the world of YouTube, it is a, a, a literally a blip, but. Um, the people at Mantic were really kind enough to give me uh, the opportunity to do the first version three YouTube battle report. So I went up to visit Elliot, who I'd met at tournaments. Um, Elliot Moorish from Northern Kings, and we played uh, a game of the first, one of the first games of version three uh, in his living room, and we put that on the internet. And that was really, really massively exciting for me. That was a huge highlight. Um, you know, he got a, a lot of views, a lot of comments, and I had a lot of fun. So that was a really uh, big point for me just because it was something that was really exciting and I kind of felt part of the secret club. I wasn't part of the playtester version three, but because of that, I got some of the lists and stuff before everyone else. And I kind of felt like a special flower, which is kind of a, a nice thing. Uh, but my number one was definitely um, Clash of Kings. So this being my, my first year really in Kings of War, um, I'd been to a few tournaments and I'd really enjoyed them, but Clash of Kings, everyone had always talked about as this, as this massive thing. And I went along um, and it was really fantastic. It was, you know, a huge tournament. It was uh, 86 people plus additional people that were there as well. There were people from all over the world. There was Tim from America. There were some uh, guys from Italy. There was um, French players. There were Irish players. Um, there were a lot of Spanish players who smashed the tournament. And it was just a really brilliant time. And I, I really enjoyed playing. And I very weirdly found myself... Um, with winning the Adepticon ticket, which was just the most extraordinary moment because I, I didn't podium, uh, but it, the so the top three was two Spanish guys and then Dan King, none of whom had bought uh, a Mantic army. And I felt really bad for the number two player because he had an elf army, um, but he had two um, hordes of dracon riders. And 
Mantic haven't made Dragon Riders for years. So he was kind of in a bit of a spot um, whereby he tried his hardest. He'd got these kind of these really cool motorbike riding dragons and then he put a little elf on top of each one of them and they kind of went, that doesn't really count. So the poor guy missed out. And um, I say poor guy because I'm kind of happy because it means that I didn't since I came in fourth. So that was just an unbelievable moment for me um, to, to, to win that ticket and to, to be able to come over to Adepticon and to meet some of the incredible people that I've met either through this podcast or online. So that was definitely my number one. And I still kind of haven't come down off this cloud. Although people keep on reminding me that I'm supposed to be a good player now, which is ironic because I've lost 95% of my version three matches <laughs> so far. So I'm definitely going to come and disappoint people if they're, if they're looking for a high quality player, but I'm going to come and I'm going to have a laugh and I'm going to drink um, uh, an unhealthy amount and uh, enjoy the, the tournament and meeting everyone and meeting all of you guys. So I really, really can't wait. So that's mine. Um, Alex, how about you? Well, I think uh, on number three, but, you know, I think all three of these can kind of be equally important. Um, obviously, joining uh, Countercharge, the best Kings of War podcast, is a big highlight. It's great to be a part of the team. And I think just in general, just like all, all the people that you get to meet in the community, it's just that's the best part of the game. Um, I think I, uh, I painted up you know, 2,000 points of rats last year, and then I painted another probably 2,000 points this year for Clash, the new Clash of Kings 2019. And then I finally actually had them multi-based and built a display board, so I feel like I have, like, a real Kings of War army now, which is great. I think this is my first painted army because I got all my wargaming past. I never really painted or finished painting an army, so... To have like a fully painted, fully multi-based with display board army is like a really great feeling. Just like kind of good sense of accomplishment for my nerd life. <clears throat> but I think overall, like the absolute number one thing is just the overall tournament scene for Kings of War. Like I got a cha- had a chance to go to you know three tournaments in the Northeast this year, and I got to play great opponents meet a whole ton of great people it's just an amazing community and it was like just a privilege to be able to take part and be a you know be a part of it and uh within all that i got uh myself and uh one of my club mates john mccready we organized and ran the our first two-day tournament here in hamilton it ended up being the largest uh Kings of War tourn- tournament in Canada ever. So we had 26 people. We had a whole bunch of people from the Northeast and we got, you know, Midwest. We had, you know, Felix from Ohio. We had people from all over. We had Thomas Struthers from Struther from uh, the Mid-Atlantic. So it was great just to have, like, put on, a, to be, be able to give back to the community and create an event that drew people and where people had a great time. So I think absolutely just, like, all the, highlights for me this year just a community based just like you know joining countercharge and just you know being an active part of the tournament scene was just the best part of the year for sure how about you rob yeah for me uh i've got three that are very similar to what you guys have already said obviously number three is you know we added some really great voices to the podcast i think that's going to help really provide additional voices um and just in more interesting content, right? Because you guys go to different things that, you know, obviously in Canada and in the UK, 
this was kind of like the, the beginning year where you're getting up to speed. Now you're up to speed. It'll be interesting to see all the great stuff that you produce in uh, 2020. For me, going to some really great events in 2019, I, you know, I got Bug Eater and Mountaineer are the two standout events that I just really, really enjoyed. Um, if you have the opportunity to get to Bug Eater or Mountaineer, I highly recommend it. They're both great. They're both in that, what I call the perfect size for an event, which is like in between you know, 25 and 35. That's that's the sweet spot for size events. Big enough, different armies there, but it's small enough that you get to meet everybody. Uh, and so it's not so big that you, you kind of feel like you didn't get to really meet everybody. Um, and then number one, all the things you guys have said, Adepticon, it was great to see a real resurgence for the Adepta Clash. You know, we hit 60 players in 2019. I'm really hoping we can hit 80 this year or, or even more. So this is my plug. If you have not signed up for Adepticon, sign up, please, because the faster you sign up, the faster we can hit our cap. And the faster we can hit our cap, the faster Mantic can ask for more tables. Etc. Etc. But it all it all comes down to if you don't sign up in time, those tables will be gone. Right. Let's mention what the uh, the folks on our Facebook page said. Obviously, favorite things for 2019. There's a f- few folks that said third edition. Uh, we got another shout out for Adepticon. Another shout out for the theme list and the Uncharted Empires book. A few different comments about you know tournaments and getting to to events. Um, interestingly, we had a couple folks mention Dead Zone, and then the the one that I really want to mention is that Andrew Summers mentioned that he really enjoys seeing the new and the old players jumping into Kings of War with third edition. I think. That's a great comment because third edition has become a lightning rod for, you know, old players returning to the game and new players, you know, a new edition is always a great opportunity to jump back in because everybody's kind of level playing field. So all in all, a great 2019. That wraps up 2019. Let's look forward into 2020. So Jeremy, what are you looking forward to in 2020? So number three on my list, I have uh, Masters. Right now, it's kind of uh, uh, more stressful at this moment, being a, a region chair. It's trying to get everyone organized together to get tickets and rent-a-cars to end up in the middle of nowhere. Upstate New York has been a challenge, but I know it's one of those events that lots of planning goes into. But then once you're actually there, you're like, oh, my gosh, this is so much fun. So uh, I'm reaffirming in myself that I'm excited for Masters. Uh, it's going to be cool not only to see the Masters crew, but with the side event, um, it's probably going to be the most people playing Kings of War at one time ever in North America, maybe ever in the history of the universe. So that should be pretty fun. Um, hopefully I won't lose my plane ticket home at the craps table. So uh, yeah, so it's going to be pretty fun. Um, number two for looking forward to for 2020 is finally finishing my Basileans. It will happen this year. It must happen this year for my soul to remain, uh, uh, to keep its integrity. I must finish this project. Um, I have been making progress. It's just when you're working on like a boutique army, it just, uh, I'm trying to do it to the best of my ability. Um, but that's definitely on my to looking forward to 2020 list is not only having the army finished and being happy because it's finished, but also just being able to start a new project. It's always exciting when you start something new. Number one is probably uh, – <clears throat> I'm going to do that over Number one is Adepticon. I had so much fun at Adept- Adepticon last year, this year. Uh, Steve's going to be there. Britain is coming to Adepticon this next year too, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Rob, Jeff, and 
Awesome, Ben. I didn't I hadn't heard that yet. Ben is uh, a great guy. Uh, we'll be getting the Airbnb place again with Rob, Jeff, and I, and others maybe. Um, and Adepticon is just like a magical place. It's so cool. I feel like I got my my swag bag this year. I'm signed up for a painting class on Friday. Uh, we're going Wednesday, so we're going to be there a little earlier. So I feel like my Adepticon first year last year was just sort of like getting the lay of the land, whereas this year. You know, Steve and I are signed up for the team tournament. I got the painting class. I got the event on the weekend. So my schedule is a little bit more full this year, um, which I definitely recommend. You can go to Adepticon and not sign up for anything and have a blast. So, um, but now that I've been there once year, one year, my return to Adepticon is a little bit more full. So that really is, again, I've said it in the uh, highlights from 2019, but if you've never been to Adepticon and you're a miniature war gamer, you got it's like it is a mecca. It is like a pilgrimage. You got to go at least once in your life. So that is my number one. What about you, Mark? Well, just to riff off of your uh, Adepticon, there it is awesome. And you know, once you go the first time, it's like Lay's potato chips. You can't eat just one. So I mean, you got to go. I I love Adepticon. So I didn't put it on my list though because that's just a given for me. So I just absolutely love it. It Jeremy is absolutely right. If you get a chance to go, go. I mean, you don't even need a ticket if you're not going to do any events just to go soak it up and drink beer with people. So, you know, if you're going on a budget or something like that, but we can talk about that at another time. My number three, I've already mentioned it and, uh, he is coming to Adepticon, and that's Ben Stoddard. I'm looking forward to that new novel. I am really looking forward to it because, as I mentioned before, I think it's going to, you know, kind of, you know, kick down the dam and we're going to get a tidal wave of more fluff for Kings of War. So I'm really looking forward to it. As I mentioned before, I, he thinks he submitted his final draft. So let's hope that that is the case. They'll get it published and out for us. So number two. I consider 2019 the year, despite third edition, the year of Vanguard. So I am looking for a year of Kings of War third edition stuff coming out. So I'm really looking forward to new models. I can't wait to see what we have. I have no insider knowledge on this, so I'm going to enjoy it. And I'm looking forward to all the specific releases that are going to be Kings of War only. I think would be cool. And uh, maybe hopefully the summer campaign. I think I heard that the summer campaign is going to be third edition, but I'm hoping that they come out with it. Uh, some other game companies come out with some really cool um, campaign systems and cards and books and, you know, special model releases for it and stuff like that. So maybe we'll get a cool box set or something for the summer campaign this year. So I'm really looking forward to some real Kings of War specific stuff. And then my number one, I want my easy army for third edition. I can't wait because until it's an easy army, it doesn't exist. And I hate doing paper and pencil less. So I am really struggling. Uh, this would definitely catapult me. I already expected this to be out. And, you know, based on all the early stuff that I heard that um, it was supposed to be coming out like shortly after the release of third edition, but uh, I haven't seen it and I'm sad. So what can I say? So if anybody on this podcast is insider information, let me know because I need to soothe my soul a little bit because I miss my easy army. So that is it. So Steve, where are you looking forward to in 2020? Yeah, so number three on my list is something that was a real surprise to me. So I, I originally found Kings of War because I was looking for something to play with my son, right? So my son at the time was 12. Um, 
and he was just really into video games and there wasn't a lot that we could we were playing a few games together but there's not a lot of co-op games on the xbox that we had at the time and i thought oh, i used to play war games that would be quite fun so um i looked for warhammer and i didn't understand what on earth it was now and it looked really expensive still so i found kings of war and I, we played a couple of games and he wasn't interested at all and so i realized that i liked it more than he did so i <laughs> i got into the hobby and then all of a sudden this year he's he's 13 now um he said oh, can i play a game with you and i was like yes so we had a couple of games and we really liked it and he's beaten me both times and he really liked that um so i'm really looking forward to playing some more with my son and, and hopefully getting him into the hobby i don't think he's ever going to be a painter um but he definitely likes playing the game so um he played with my friends abyssal dwarf army that i was babysitting and he really liked that and i've got a ton of dwarves um, so I, maybe I can paint up some dwarves for him and we can have some more games. That's my number three. Uh, number two is is my tournaments. I mentioned it before, my story tournament. So I always had this idea for a story-based tournament where people kind of like a choose-your-own-adventure type tournament. Um, and I eventually uh, pulled the trigger and I've, I've gone out, I've booked a venue and I've paid for a venue and people are signing up. So that's super exciting. So that's going to be in September uh, here in Birmingham. So that's um, something that I'm very nervous about, but really excited about. Um, I just need to make another ooh, 10 tables worth of terrain or eight tables worth of terrain. But that's uh, definitely on the workbench. So that's something that I am mega excited about. And people have said they're going to come. Um, so that's something that's really cool. So um, running a tournament, I think, is a, is a big undertaking. But I've, uh, I've done a lot of podcasts about tournaments, as it turns out. So I think I've got some expertise there and lots of people are willing to help me. So that's something really cool. And the number one thing I'm looking forward to is definitely Adepticon, of course, because that's something you only get to do once. I think that's never going to happen again. So I'm going to make the most of it. And I, I I, didn't so much ask Jeremy as told Jeremy that he's going to be my doubles partner and he doesn't have a choice. So that's going to happen. Um, so he's going to discover the disappointment of, of playing with me. So that's going to be really cool on the Thursday. And then I've got a day of enjoying Adepticon. Um, and then at two days of Kings of War, just having the best time ever, I intend to not be sober for much of it. I think to somehow match Tim Smith's um, American outfit. So I've got some, some options opening. I'm not wearing hot pants because that was a one time only. Uh, and I feel I need to be a little bit more British about the whole thing. So we're um, just going to have an amazing time. And I'm really looking forward to meeting everyone. And I am on that plane. So Adepticon is my number one thing I'm looking forward to this year. My wife, I think, is slightly less excited about me going away for a week to play toy soldiers. But uh, too late because it's free. And we do appreciate free things. <laughs> so that's really cool. Um, so, Alex, what's your top three? Well, I think I should add trying to go to Adepticon as a 3B before, since it seems to be pretty popular. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Um, try to work that out. Um, but I think I'm excited to create more content for Countercharge because, you know, this... This fall has been pretty busy for me, but I, you know, I got a few few episodes in so far, and I'm excited to start, you know, showcasing a few things around here locally, and just, you know, adding some Canadian and Northeast region uh, content and uh, flavor to the Countercharge world. Speaking of that, like I'm very excited about our local scene in the in the in Ontario and the surrounding area to like Buffalo and stuff like. It's been growing pretty steadily this year, and we had, you know, 10 people out for our first third edition tournament, and that was with a whole bunch of people, a whole bunch of regulars on vacation, like, out of the out of the city. So I think we're on pace to, like, 
you know, double our, you know, one day tournament totals. And, you know, we have the King Beyond the Wall, you know, the second year in a row. It'll be in July here uh, in Ontario. And I think we have room for 40 people at the new venue. So that'll be great. And I think, you know, just it'll just continue to grow and like, you know, legitimize, you know, the, the tournament scene here in Canada. And ultimately, you know, tying in Adepticon for number one, I think I just want to go to more tournaments to try to like, you know, experience more of the community, try to get out of the region to see something in the Midwest or mid Atlantic and just kind of, you know, get to meet more people in person, which is going to be great at the best of the rest because the whole country will be there and it'll be a great opportunity to just see everyone that, you know, you've met and talked to on Facebook and all the groups. And it'd be good to like, you know, actually interact in the physical realm, which would be something I'm really looking forward to. How about you, Rob? For me, uh, number three is uh, narrative events. So over the summer, I started thinking about do running a narrative event. And it turned out there were several other people that were thinking the same way as I was. And uh, we actually put together like a framework with a, with a structure and we tested it out. We, we had a great one day narrative event, three games of Kings of War, where there was like doubles and there was asymmetric play and winning and losing didn't matter. The focus was, you know, telling the story and showcasing our hobby rather than winning and losing. So I think we got a lot of the kinks worked out and I'm looking forward to seeing where that develops, whether that's a a two day, you know, ultimately we want to make a two day narrative event for Kings of War. That's going to be, you know, something that I've been looking forward to in 2020. Uh, Number two for me is getting to play in the Blue Seed Brawl, you know, after running it for three years, Steve will find out. I, I'm running a tournament's a thankless job, and it was nice running it, um, but it'll be nice to participate in the, uh, the a local event uh, for a change. And then number one is you know just more growth in our local Kings of War scene. Uh, the past year, we, we had a new shop open called War Room Hobbies. We've seen the number of folks playing Kings of War locally double. And we had a slow grow league with, you know, at some points, 20 people participating, you know, uh, which was great. That being said, you know, we got a lot of models assembled, a lot of bases put together, but we didn't get a lot of units painted. So my hope for 2020 is we'll start another league in probably early February and more emphasis on the hobby side. Now that people have that infrastructure, they've got that baseline. Hey, I've got a thousand points built. Now it's time to get those things painted. So it was a great year for Kings of War here locally. Um, Let's talk about the folks on our Facebook page. Uh, We had lots of comments about tournaments and various events going to. We had somebody mention that they're just looking to continue to improve at tournaments. That would be our our buddy Jack. And then obviously another comment about excited to see where Mantic takes the Rackin. I think they've spilled some of the beans in terms of some of the models. But yeah, I think where they take the Rackin army in general is going to be very interesting. And now that you've got essentially a Rackin list and you've got a Rackin slave list, Lots of opportunities there for for some interesting direction. A lot of people have mentioned just getting more models and getting more hobby time. Somebody mentioned the League of Infamy release, which uh, that's at the end of 2020. Uh, And then somebody made a cheeky comment, which I 100% agree. Uh, You know, Kings of War taking over the world. I 100% agree. I think 2020 is going to be a big year for Kings of War. I think we're going to get more players involved that are looking for a game where it's balanced, and it's not about chasing the meta or chasing the dragon, you know, new army book, new army book, new army. It's, it's, it's a stable system. And, uh, you know, I'm just excited to see more people play it with us. So, uh, great year for 2020. I can't wait. Well, Rob, all I wanted to mention was you got a bunch of people with assembled 1000 point armies without paint on them. 
Sounds like a countercharge. Kings of War army in a weekend. Spectacular waiting to happen. So we're going to have to work on that. You'll have your guys live down there at War Room Hobbies and uh, we can pull that off. So there you go. Uh, I'm, I'm putting you in charge of that, Rob. <laughs> Very cool. All right. Well, back in 2019 on the year end show, which if you want to go back and listen to it was episode 300. Uh, we made some hobby commitments and we got to check in to see how we did on those. Um, you know, it's always nice to check in. And uh, so there you go. Jeremy, did you get a chance to take a look at your 2019 uh, hobby commitments and how you did? Yeah, you know, it's like the running thread each year of like, when am I going to finish my Basilean army? Um, so sadly, I did not uh, get them done. Um, and, you know, and I life happens. I uh, got promoted this year. Um I got off the singles market this year. So lots of like really positive things that just, you know, make it so that I just wasn't quite uh, able to to finish. But I mean, I did make a lot of progress. I did, um, you know, it's not like nothing's happening on them. Slowly but surely the Basilians are getting finished and they are getting worked on. Um, yeah, so um, I think that when I think about the hobby this last year, what really stuck with me is that it's a marathon. It's not a sprint and that, uh, trying to just paint a little bit each day, even if it's only for a few minutes, um, you are making progress. So, um, not totally as successful as I would have been, but I did still make some good progress and, um, still enjoying painting and enjoying what the hobby provides in my life, which in the end is what really matters. I think so. What about you? Well, I, uh, I'll i go through it. I think I hit a fail on every one here, so which is not surprising Rob at all. But <laughs> uh, number three, I was going to paint up two Vanguard Warbands. I was going to do more. And as I mentioned, this was a fail, and this is because Colin does not like Vanguard. We played a game. We tried playing it again at Origins. He just is not a fan. We were not going to play it, so I was not going to waste my time. All the Vanguard models got repurposed into Kings of War and have been all allocated to the Kings of War army boxes. So that is done. We are done with Vanguard. So that one did not happen and will not show up on my 2020 list, by the way. Uh, second one, clean up my hobby room. Massive fail, and I only say that because I really need to do this. Uh, Rob thinks his is cluttered. Uh, I've got Rob in spades here. So I've got the accumulated mass of 40 years of playing games down here. And it's amazing. I I've got to clean this up. So, um, it, it'll show up on my 2020 list cause I've got to do it. And my other one paint up three to six, 500 point Kings of war armies fail. Uh, I also got promoted twice this year. Uh, so the new job, lack of time, was a huge killer. I did get my Forces of Nature done, though, which was a thing. As a matter of fact, I just, um, I'm going to finish basing my first regiment of salamanders today. So they're up in the garage drying, and uh, right after this podcast, they're getting their wood glue, and I'm, I'm flocking them down and getting them, finishing up the multi-base. So I'm very excited about that. So Forces of Nature was my big win this year. So I'm very, very happy that I was able to get that done. And, um, yeah, the more I'm going through this podcast, you guys are hearing my mind think I'm probably doing Trident Realms, but we'll see how it goes. And 
Steve, now you were not a host last year, so you're not held to this high standard this time around, but uh, did you have any accomplishments in 2019? Well, if it's going to be about making you feel bad, Mark, considering that I started in the hobby last year, let's see what I've achieved in a year. So I've <laughs> I've painted, I, I didn't put this on the notes, but actually I painted 4,000 points worth of elves, um, which I just kind of knocked out. And, and then I did two and a half thousand points of rats. And just uh, since the beginning of third edition, I did 2,000 points worth of undead. So I don't know what you're slacking there with your two Vanguard forces. That's not hard. Come on, man. You've got to put it together. So that's been... <laughs> Holy smoke, Steve. Uh, I'm going to start sending my stuff to you. You take commissions, right? Uh, I absolutely do not, because uh, as I've mentioned, I actually don't like painting models very much. It's been, a, you know, when you plunge into a new hobby, you kind of go, I, I do two feet in, right? So I think my biggest accomplishment was really was the Ratkin Army, because I think I was one of the... One of the first, along with uh, Simon Clifford up in Scotland, who decided to do a kind of a, a full Ratkin army based on, on the Vermin models, which is now kind of the de facto standard, um, which people are going to start doing. So that was something I really enjoyed doing and playing. I think I enjoy modeling a lot more than I enjoy painting. So finding different and unusual and fun ways to kind of stick bits of rats onto different types of models was really really fun for me and i really really enjoyed doing that army and i managed to take it to a full two and a half thousand point tournament i'm now working on what is pretty much my third version of that ratkin list for version three and i'm pretty much done with rats once that's done i think and i'm going to move on to something else but that's been really fun and the undead project was uh, was a little bit of fun which i've talked about before on the podcast where i took somebody else's kind of poorly painted army and i kind of I rebased everything and then I repainted everything and I, I got it to a standard that I didn't think I'd be able to do it. Um, so that's been a, a really big learning journey for me. So that's really been my hobby for this year is just painting up stuff, you know, in my first full year in the game. Um, and speaking of people that weren't part of the Counter Challenge last year, Alex, how about you? What did you get achieved during the year? Well, this is great for us, really, because we can just kind of talk about stuff that we totally wouldn't have intended to do and pretend that we did. So it's cool. Go ahead, man. Um, we had a bit of a local, you know, what are your, you know, goal hobby goals challenge here? What are what are local gaming club Facebook groups? And uh, I had uh, I wanted to paint the rest of my rats, which there are always more rats though, so that didn't quite happen. But I did paint about another two thousand point army of rats with the new Clash of Kings changes from twenty nineteen. So like. And then I had that, and I multi-based that with, along with the, my previous army, and then built a display board for that. So that's almost done with the new, uh, with the new version three characters and stuff. I'm, uh, I'm going to add a few brood mothers and mutant rat fiends, but I think that's going to be it for a long time with rats, because I think that's enough for now. <laughs> uh, I, in 2018, I wanted to paint my herd army which I didn't, and then got on After Dark at the beginning of the year this year and just kind of banged out about 1,500 points of that pretty quickly. And uh, I didn't get around to finishing the full 2,000 points, and now with the new version 3 list, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take some work to figure out where I'm going to go with that. I painted three Dragon Ogres, which I, were gonna, which I was going to use as a stampede, but they'll work for Tharp large cavalry and other armies so they're not they're not useless i have a 
abyssal dwarves are somewhere on the distant distant horizon so they'll be good grotesques i, I think <laughs> uh so it's and longhorns got a lot better and i have a lot of those so i wanted to paint up my northern alliance vanguard stuff but i did not get around to that um i got very busy going to tournaments and then uh with school and stuff finishing that this summer so life kind of got in the way after my first three or four months of the year of you know mania and painting like almost four thousand points of miniatures and then the rest of the year i just kind of used them in gaming and then have, my hobby has really tailed off so hopefully i'm gonna build back up into a bit more of a regular schedule of painting and hobbying in the new year how about you rob well, I had four things. The first one I wanted to condense to a single hobby space. I've got the bonus room above the garage and the garage itself. Uh, this was a total fail. My garage is a complete disaster. So uh, maybe this year, uh, but I won't even predict that because who knows. Uh, my next hope for 2019 was, uh, or my my next commitment was to be done with Kickstarter. And I think the fact that I only did one and I only did the electronic PDF, you know, I did the PDF version of the book. It's very, just dipped my toe in. So I'm, I'm happy with that change. Cause I mean, at one point I was doing like 20 something a year. So the next commitment that I wanted was to, you know, with Jeremy and I had talked a lot about finding a new army that I was like passionate about and really diving into. And I'm going to say this is half a success because I really was trying to get it completed by forge GT. But the reality is the Forge GT decided to do 2,700 points. <laughs> and there was no way I was going to get the Halfman to that many points. So I think I got about 1,700 points of the Halfman done. So I did find a great project. Um, if you want to see it, it's obviously all on dash28.org. It's it's awesome. And, and I'm back into it again uh, with some new stuff because of Uncharted Empires. There's lots of new, new stuff available. Uh, and then the big one. The biggest commitment that I was making was, you know, I wanted to develop the local scene. And I think that has been a, a smashing success because when we made the, when I made the prediction, I didn't know the war room was going to come, come into play. And, uh, wow, it was great. I mean, it was uh, kind of like a windfall because it started up and it, it gave us a, you know, access to a lot of players that were playing various games and playing games in public with painted models and showing people how much fun it is attracts more people. That's just the nature of the beast. I'm excited about, you know, what we've accomplished, but I'm also excited about what we're going to build. So, all right, Rob. Well, that was 2019. Let's see what 2020 is going to bring. And yes, Steve and Alex, you cannot escape. It is time for our 2020 hobby and gaming commitments. So Jeremy, what do you have on the board for 2020? So, uh, big surprise. Number three will be finish the Basileans. Number two will be finish the Basileans. And number one will be also finish the Basileans. Um, I really need to get this army uh, done for my sanity. Um, I have two different lists for uh, masters. One is a little bit more ideal that I would want to take. And then one is a backup painting list. So lists for masters are due in the beginning of February. So it will be how much can I get done rest of this month and in January. And then Adepticon is just right around the corner. Um, uh, I'm pretty close. Uh, I mean, I have a lot finished. Um, I'm I'm close to having a playable army, but I would like to get you know a couple units beyond that finished. 
you know, to have 3,000, 3,500 points. I, I, uh, I'm close to 2,000 points now, probably, um, just so that when I finish the Basilean project, uh, I have some choices. So that's going to be the first part of the year is going to be finishing the list for Masters. Um, I have a lot of stuff on my painting desk and various levels of completion. I have Knights. I have uh, Paladin Foot Guard. I have Ogre Palace Guard. I have, I have lots of stuff done at like sort of different levels of, you know, uh, ADD uh, when I pick and pick up and start a unit. So I think probably one of my hobby goals this year is to try to get better at assembly line style painting. I'm very I'm not good at that at all. Um, I just like to pick up a model and paint that one model and then uh, and then pick up another model and paint that model. And I know for painting armies, uh, even if I can just get maybe I do three models at a time or four models at a time, even if it's not the whole unit. So that's something I would like to get better at is uh, uh, find ways to continue growing as a hobbyist and a painter, but also try to find ways to be faster and to complete things more so I'm not stuck finishing an army every three years so but that's going to be my focus is uh i will finish the basilians this year i'm making that pledge and quest right now and if not you got to kick me off the show so that's that's the the bargain that i'm making i'm fighting for my life wow the gauntlet has been thrown there you go jeremy we're all rooting for you to finish that army there buddy <laughs> so thank you thank you definitely definitely all right. Well, let's see. Mine for 2020. Well, let's see. I do not have a tournament currently on the calendar for 2020 so far, so I need to get one on there. I'm not counting Adepticon. So uh, we're still trying to figure out if we're going to do the team tournament or not, because uh, we'd have to leave at the butt crack of stupid to get there in order to pull that off. So I don't know if we're going to do it or not, but because um, we're coming up Thursday morning. So, and even if I did, I wouldn't count that one. I always like to travel to one. I don't have one on there. So, you know, Lone Wolf, back to the team tournament. Something's got to go on that list. So, you know, as I sit right now, I'm going to have to make some time in the calendar. And I got to find a tournament to go to. So, it'll probably be where all you guys are coalescing so we can have some fun. So, we'll try to figure that one out. Number two, um, this was in 2019. I'm putting it back on the list. I've got to clean my hobby room and it is time for some Swedish death cleaning. It has got to take place. So I don't know if you guys heard about this, but evidently there's something somebody was telling me about that. They have this Swedish death cleaning where they say you better clean up uh, because like you think you're going to die so that your relatives and friends don't have to clean up after your butt. And it's like, okay, all right, I got to do this. I got to get this stuff cleaned up. So definitely I'm going to take the splash. We're going to do that. Uh, we may have um, Mark's bargain basement uh, here or something like that. I don't know. We're going to do something. We got to get this Harvey room cleaned up. And my number one, I'm going to complete the Blackjack uh, Legacy Slow Grow Challenge, 2,000 point army in eight months. So I just need to settle on that army choice. And, you know, I'm taking a look across the uh, room and I see my gigas sitting over there. So I, I think I might glue them together again. That That might be my army for this year. So. Um, but, uh, I'll reserve on the army, but we will definitely get the 2000 points done. I am going to work on it. So it should be awesome. And, uh, we'll see what happens. I wish I could get over to the 1000 point of eight event they're having over at Mantic headquarters after the four months. I think that would be very cool. So, uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. So Steve, 
What do you have on your commitments for 2020? Yeah, so I'm going to finish Jeremy's uh, Basilean army. That's uh, <laughs> my hobby. All right, maybe not. So um, my um, my number three, I, I'm, going to, I'm going to go four. I'm going to go big because one of them I definitely have to do. So um, I qualified for Masters this year, but I didn't play for various reasons. So I, I, my, my, my number four kind of brackets 3B equipment is that I'm going to qualify for Masters again. I, I've looked at my hobby calendar and... Um, I've had a couple of delicate chats with my wife and I think I've got enough tournaments in there for me to be able to qualify. So it's a pretty competitive field here, but I think as long as I can make something work, at the end of the day, I could just take uh, Undead because they are so strong if I need to, but I'd like to do it with Rats, so we'll see how we go. So qualifying for Masters is definitely up there. However, my kind of my three is, um, I've been toying around with uh, a Chinese army, a Chinese uh, historical army. And historicals, they say they're going to bring it back, but actually... Running as a kingdom of men would be quite fun. I've got my eyes on some on some minis that I want to buy, but I've not managed to quite pull the trigger just because there's been other things getting in the way and I need to get rats done for Adepticon. But that kingdom of men army is something I really want to do. I think there's some ways I can make it look really striking and do some amazing uh, multi-bases for it. So I'm really excited about the idea of a Chinese kingdom of men army. That's the one that I'm least certain I'm going to get done, but I'll give it a go. Uh, my number two is... Um, finishing another 12 or get 12 tables finished um, of terrain by September for my tournament. And that's the one that's a bit cheating because I absolutely have to do that because if not, then there's not going to be a tournament. So that's definitely going to happen. Um, but I'm going to try and do it to a decent enough standard. It's not going to be quite, you know, Rob for enough standard, but it's going to be good enough uh, so that people can play on it. That's something I'm keen to do. And my number one is to get my rats finished for Adepticon. Um, and again, that's a bit of a cheating one because I absolutely have to get that done. But I was toying with taking Undead because I've got an army and it's done. It just needs a couple of units. But actually, I'd really, you know, I'd like to go with the army that I qualified with. Um, I've got um, you know, Mutant Rat Feed on the table that I think looks really cool. And I think there's some stuff I could do to my units. So getting my, my rats finished and then I am done. Like Alex, I think when you've painted enough rats, you want to be done so hard with rats because they're fun and they're good. But after a while, you're just like, this is so many. There are so many in a Rackian army. It's a horde army that I just... I want to be done with them and, and move on to something else. So finishing off rats and putting a line right underneath them to say, that is it. I've got an army I can take if I want to. That's going to be my number one commitment. And Alex, over to you. Okay. Uh, I think speaking of rats and painting lots of them, um, I, I put off trying to paint them for quite a while just because I thought there's too many. So when I actually started, I you know, adopted a speed painting strategy of like, you know, black undercoat, white dry brush for like under highlighting and then thin coats of paint. So kind of like pre-contrast contrast paints. And it turned out pretty good, like for the amount of time it took. But I want my number three is going to be make a concerted effort to improve my painting this year. And like, like Steve was talking about earlier, just like try to get better at just the little things and, you know, learn how to, you know, highlight and shade and do some blending and just really take it to the next level. I think, you know, rats are a good army to do speed painting just because you have such a high volume of miniatures. They have, um, there's high volume of miniatures that you can just have a large impact with some good basing and just, you know, 300 guys on the table. But 
with uh, my king, my number two is to finish or start and finish, you know, a 2000 point ish Kingdoms of Men, Rordia, Brotherhood, Basilean army with my uh, Agent Core humans uh, from uh, Perry Miniatures and just try to like take my time and care with them and like do them properly. Um, but I also have a lot of monsters and stuff kicking around that I might want to paint and put in a bonus army. So I'm not going to make an official pledge, but I would like to do Kingdoms of Men plus, you know, either Berenger or Undead just for some, you know, big monstery things. And number one is I put the rats to bed, finish them, finish painting the, the rest of them for the best of the rest tournament which is at the end of February. So that'll be a good one to like work on for the next, the first, next two months and then move on to my uh, English army for the rest of the year, perhaps, and maybe with some breaks, painting giant Mersha monsters. How about you, Rob? I, I want to finish uh, speed painting my elf army. So I've got them all assembled and base, and I've got some of the units started, but I just, um, it, it was the goal was to use contrast paints and what I'm finding is I don't love contrast paints. There's a few colors that I like and a lot of colors that I hate. So um, rather than a complete speed paint with contrast, I'll probably end up contrasting some of the, some of the colors and then going and traditionally painting some of the rest of the stuff. Um, I also, uh, this is sort of a cheat one, just like some of you guys have had, you know, I'm, I'm signed up for the Vanguard event at Adepticon. So I've got to get my dwarf force assembled. So, uh, and painted, it's actually already assembled. I just got to get it painted. So I'm working on the 200 points for that. And then this is the year of the half men, you know, in 2019, I think I got, 15 or 1600 points painted uh, but now I'm ready to take it to the next level and actually start playing with it. They were supposed to be unveiled last year at other events but obviously they didn't so the first event that I'm taking them to is a Depticon doubles event. That'll be a thousand points. I'll find another event down the road uh, that I can you know, bring them out at like 2,000, 2,200 points plus so I'm looking forward to it. Um, it's a project that takes a long time you know, uh, it's one of those armies that you really dive into and you don't care how long it takes, right? You paint each model till it's done. Um, and so, and, and then I have an uh, honorable mention, which is, you know, I, I love painting models and stuff. I'm just super slow at it. So I'm still wearing Billy down uh, to the point where he starts commission painting for me because I've got, like I said, I've got a Northern Alliance army. I've got a Night Stalker army. I've got an Elf army, da 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 Fill it in. I've got lots and lots of armies to, to get painted. There is no conceivable way that I am going to get it done. So... I'm working on Billy. So those are my commitments for 2020. And let's talk about the commitments that some of the folks on our Facebook page had. Matt said uh, he just wants to keep working and improving on his hobby skills. Andrew Summers said, hey, he wants 100% Baselane Army in 2020. That's a great a great goal. Uh, Carton said uh, Rackin and more display painting. So you know, painting for more displaying rather than playing. Uh, Thomas said working on armies. Alfred said Sylvan Kin Army. That's That'd be really cool to see. Uh, John said painting an abyssal army. Jack says painting a night soccer army, but really, does that mean John's going to paint it? Jack, if you're listening, paint your army. Uh, Ian said Rebs, Maison Labs in the league. So that's uh, some non-Kickstarter stuff, or some non-Kings of War stuff. So that's interesting. Malcolm says keep painting and get more people into Mantic Games. 100% agree with that. Daniel Reed said paint more shizzle. 
Keep it up. The bash lanes look great. Shannon says complete 25 to 2,500 to 3,000 points. Uh, a full model count of 100% Mantic Army. Uh, that's quite a challenge. Because um, I'm curious what army he's going to do. Because some armies, uh, you can't actually fit full model count on the bases. So I'm thinking like Ogre Chariots. You can't. You couldn't possibly put... You know, three ogres. Well, I guess you could. You'd have to do some really finagle. And then finally, Keith said, uh, finish putting together the last of the Night Stalker Mega Army. So lots of great hobby commitments. Hopefully uh, everybody keeps them, keeps them going. And hopefully we we kind of keep each other at task so that we can finish some stuff in 2020 and uh, keep it growing. Back over to you, Mark. Oh, that's great. I can't wait to uh, see if everybody can do their commitments here in 2020. It'll be a lot of fun. So, and you know, we banned third edition, even though Rob broke the rule because he's a rule breaker, but we banned third edition from our um, top things in 2019. So, for Kings of War, but why don't we go around the table and let's see what our favorite things from third edition are? So, Jeremy, what are your favorite things from third edition so far? Sure. You know, a lot of it, uh, we've, we've, talked about or uh, covered in other various things but i'll sort of highlight them here um to me it's just the newness you know new units new builds uh new army variants uh as rob has said the whole master theme list is not only really cool in the present but it's cool as a sort of future window or lens into where they may take army development in the future but i like new stuff it's it's really interesting as uh a list observer and a competitive player to see what everyone is coming up with to see it. And we really haven't had the events yet. So who knows if what people says is good is really good yet until we actually start seeing some results uh, to the models. Obviously we've talked about this. The models keep getting better and better. Um, I think third edition is going to be, as Rob said, a real next year is going to be a real banner year for Kings of War. And we're really going to see uh, not just a cool uh, model here or there, but we're going to start to see like full ranges with cool armies. And more and more we'll see the uh, uh, doing a Mantic army because you actually want to do it with those models as opposed to, to doing it as just, well, I want to support the company. Um, and then for me, my favorite thing probably out of third edition and uncharted empires is just the quality of the art i think visually the world uh, i go back there's that one piece of art that rashad and i both love in the main rule book of the elf city that's with like deep set in the lake uh and it's just a really powerful piece of art and there's lots of those type of pieces in the third edition and unchained empires where you just look at a piece of art and it just is like, Oh, I want to make an army about that. Or I want to explore that world. And the second edition book had pretty much none of that. So, um, for me, just the look of the game and the look of all the materials that come out for third, that's probably uh, number one on my list. Um, what about you, Mark? Uh, my number three, uh, well, I like the way that the armies have more flavor. And for example, it's like certain spells going with certain armies, et cetera. It's flavor without complication. You know, that's the one of the things I really am appreciating is they kind of get them a little distinct. So they're all not cookie cutter with a little bit of, uh, you know, change because they had access to everything. You know, it's a little bit of restriction, but not a lot. It's not full other game that you know had separate card decks for spells for each one with separate armies books blah 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 you know this is flavor without the complication which i really am enjoying the other thing is i really love the expanded lore 
I really, really enjoyed it. Um, that was probably the best part was reading through all that uh, stuff in the middle of the book and, you know, just really kind of getting into it. And, you know, they went backwards and forwards, which is the best part. So I really, really appreciate that. Of course, that's going to provide fuel for the narrative workshop. I think that's also going to be, you know, the RPG is going to be coming. So we're going to get more fluff there and more novels. So I cannot wait. So, and then of course the new armies that were added. So, you know, I love that the brotherhood split into two different things and I guess you call them theme list, master list, whatever. But, uh, you know, it's nice that, uh, Twilight Kinner finally minted and, you know, it's just, it's great to see the new stuff. And, um, again, it's, more flavor without complication is really kind of the theme. So, which I really appreciate. And, you know, I, I know the rules change with the Hills and, you know, stuff like this here or there, but it's still Kings of War at its core. And, you know, I, I am, the one thing I struggle with is the heights still. So, you know, with the new height system and stuff like that, but, uh, you know, it's still the same game, just a, just a new fresh coat of paint. So, and with some new armies to play with, which I really think adds a whole lot to the game. So Steve, what are you enjoying about third edition so far? Yeah, it's going to be a, a lot of the same again, but for me, so my number three is definitely the expanded lore. I think a lot of the attraction of playing in a game like this is the world you feel like you're playing within so that it's not just, you know, it's, it's not just chess. It's not just meaningless pieces being pushed across the board. It's actually, it means something. So if the Abyss are fighting against Basilei, you know, this is an impactful battle. So having that kind of lore background that's more refreshed and more flavorful was a, was a, was a huge thing that I'm, I'm really excited about. And, and mainly because... It's what a lot of other gamers look for. A lot of people say, you know, with, with Warhammer that, you know, I don't like the game, but I love the universe, right? And so we want, I, what I really want is people to love this universe in the same way, to love that depth of lore. And all, all of the different aspects of it, I think, is something that's really going to add to that. Uh, in terms of rules, I think the, there are lots of little tweaks, like people have said, that it's, it's the same game. But actually, you know, the lack of bounce back for me makes a huge difference to the game playing experience because it increases the speed of the game, which is already a fast game. But the only kind of, not arguments, but kind of intense discussions I've had on a battlefield have been about that stupid bounce back rule. And do you bounce? Do I bounce? And I just don't care. I just don't, I don't have the energy to argue about stuff like that. And I'd always just go, yeah, whatever, whatever you like. Not having it in there, I think, makes a huge difference. And people will always find ways to whine about rules. Oh, but I've read this rule. Page 23 of the book says this, whereas page 45 says, I don't care. I don't care. I want a simplified rule set, and we'll go with the most simplest argument you can find. And I think lack of bounce back takes out a huge amount of that rules lawyering, which kind of with you know retracted from the fun of the game for me. So that's my number two. Um, and number one is definitely just the army refreshes, really. Um, I really love um, seeing articles where people say, you know, I have I I know what the net list is for this and this is what it's going to be. Definitely. And then you find someone who's written a completely different list, which is just as good. And, uh, you know, people exploring new concepts in armies is the most exciting thing to me because it, it, it adds a whole load of excitement. Uh, and you never you, you basically you don't know what you're going to face across the battlefield because there will be people who just take the latest, coolest list that someone's written and published. And they say, yeah, that's really powerful. I'm definitely a smash face with that. But then you'll come across somebody who's written something completely different that's really, you know, unique and exciting that they found something hidden in one of the armies and go, I think I can make some synergy with this and push it forward with this. And 
all that kind of work for me is the most being at the forefront of that in a new edition is really really super exciting so that's definitely my my favorite thing about third edition how about you alex i think uh number three for me of the new edition i think my favorite thing is uh the new elven archers um i was thoroughly tired of them in second edition, so I'm glad that they are what they are now. <laughs> um, but number two, I think uh, I really I like the new hill interactions. I think the way you can kind of peek over them now and get you know you know you don't have to be 150 percent on to be seen or see over. I think I like that as well as the thunder's charge off of them. It just makes them a bit more of a dynamic piece of terrain on the battlefield. So I think every now every piece of terrain has a bit more interaction or the similar amounts of interaction with it, which I really like. And then I think my most favorite thing is just how all the armies, but particularly the Uncharted Empire's armies, like grew into their own. I think I talked about this earlier, but it's just everything. The, the armies just kind of have grown into their own style. It's a bit, it's a bit more defined. It's like with all the relatively small but you know impactful changes to the rules, like I think the army list changes and how the composition of the like the full armies have changed. I think that's the biggest that's gonna have the biggest effect going forward. And I think it's my favorite thing. Like every every army just feels more unique and a little bit more characterful, which you know, some people had said, you know, wasn't always a strength before with some of the armies feeling samey. I think now the armies definitely have their own distinct styles, and I'm, I really enjoy that. How about you, Rob? Well, for me, it's a little bit of what you guys have already said. I think that the, the rules have been cleaned up and polished, and they've taken out stuff that wasn't adding anything to the game, like the bounce back, and just got rid of it. Like things that you know, it's sort of like think akin to when we started Kings of War back in the day where you didn't have to remove casualties. Turns out I don't miss it. Same thing with the bounce back. I'm not going to miss it. So I just I appreciate the rules cleanup and polish. And I think that uh, it's a more accessible game um, and anything that gets rid of the rules lawyering. Fantastic. Awesome balance. Um, my second one is, you know, the awesome balance between consolidating old and creating new. I think they've taken this. Kings of War into a brand new area where we've got loads of interesting things to do. Um, loads of spots in the sandbox, if you will, to play. Army builds and stuff are through the roof, man. I'm looking at, I'm seeing or, you know, Order of the Green Lady is really interesting. Um, so it's really fired up my hobby ADD. And my number one is the background. And the background, obviously, it's great. But it also is an in another indication that Mantic has matured as a company. There have been times where, you know, they would be thumbing their nose quixotically at GW. And it's like, well, you know, we I don't care what GW is doing. Do your own thing. This is the stone set in the ground saying, here we are. And if you look at it, the background, I think there's a parallel to also with the models in that, you know, what started off as a cheap alternative for Warhammer Fantasy um, it's it's also matured into something special and unique. And, you know, you guys talked about it earlier when you saw a Mantic model uh, in the past. Did it really say it was a Mantic model? But now when you see a Mantic model, when you see some of these Vanguard dwarves, you can say this is a Mantic model and people can see and understand this is a Mantic model. And I just the background, the models, I just love how the company has grown to a point where they're standing on their own and just doesn't matter what everybody else is doing. This is the direction we're going, and I, and I appreciate that. And, it, and it's 
in all seriousness, something that more people will be able to get. It'll be easier for people to get behind a company like that. Uh, I'm excited. Well, Rob, that's it for you. And I think that's about it for the show. So why don't we go ahead? We'll roll into shout outs and then we can wrap things up. So, uh, Jeremy, anything uh, you got there that you want to mention before we head out today? Yeah, just uh, shout out to um, all the After Dark crew, to Rashad and Felix and, you know, Jesse Cornwell, you know, get better, buddy. Um, all the Universal Battle people, shout out to the uh, the Basilean uh, Mafia, uh, all the uh, UB people, uh, great community going on over, over there. Um, thanks to everyone who takes the time to listen to our show. You know, as we put in before, we put in a, a lot of episodes, so I know that they can get backed up, but I know uh, all of us here on the show really appreciate all the feedback you guys give us, whether you like it or don't like it. It doesn't matter. You know, just, you know, I think uh, one good thing from this year is we've had a lot of really good audience engagement which is really great of audience members coming up with ideas or show topics or wanting to take part in the dialogue. So please, please, please keep that up again. Uh, you don't, uh, if you want to see something else or, uh, constructive criticism is always great. Um, so shout out to, uh, the audience, you know, if there was no audience, we would have no show. So my many thanks to you. Um, everyone heading to Masters, both in the Best of the Rest and the Masters Tournament. I look forward to um, uh, saying hello, seeing old friends, and meeting new people. Definitely come up and say hello to us. Uh, if you're going to be at Adepticon, uh, say hello or, or shoot, shoot us messages. Uh, yeah. Uh, and thanks again just for everyone taking the time to listen to our little show. All right. For myself, I'm going to go ahead and shout out EasyArmy.com. Can you spot Blaster on the page? Well, let's hope we're going to get Kings of War 3rd Edition uh, army lists up there soon. So uh, I just need to build my army list. So big shout out to Greg and all the hard work he's done for the community in the past. And I hope that continues into the future. Uh, big shout out to Wing Tassar for putting out all this fabulous uh, fluff with the two books so far. And of course, just a reminder, you can get yourself a 15% discount with the code COUNTERCHARGE, capital C-O-N-U-T-E-R, capital C-H-A-R-G-E. So just check the show notes. Rob will put it in there. And then, of course, uh, big shout-out to Ben Stoddard. His novel's getting closer. I know I said it a bunch of times, but I can't wait. It's a little darker, so I can't wait to see the style that uh, Ben is going to put and the spin he's going to put here on the Kings of War novel. And I'm also looking forward to a great countercharging year in Kings of War this year and on the podcast. So, Steve, how about you? Yeah, I was thinking uh, we we did kind of some shouts and a thanks to the episode, but actually I kind of want to use this opportunity as I kind of close out my first proper year playing Kings of War. I guess that it's the, the people that really took me under their wing and showed me how welcoming a community could be. I think because that's what makes Kings of War a very different game. There are lots of different uh, war games out there with different communities, but the Kings of War community is something really special and different, and that's the same internationally. Um, so, you know, the guy that taught me Kings of War first is a, is a guy called Richard Miller, who, who, who lives here in the, in the Midlands, and he's incredibly generous with his time, and all of his resources that he mentioned, Richard really, he, I played my first games of Kings of War 
um, kind of under his wing and we've, we've remained firm friends. But so but outside of the real world, obviously, I've met lots of people here in the UK, but actually it's been on Universal Battle and online that people have really taught me the game and shown me kind of what a welcoming community it can be. Uh, and the first of those was a guy called Caelan McMillan, who's, you know, I don't I don't hear his name very often on Counter Charge, maybe a couple of times. Um, I don't even know where in the US he's based, but back when we were just starting, I played a, a UB tournament and I was obviously such a complete newbie that he said, hey, do you want to play some games via email? And we must have played 20 games maybe and he put up with a lot of the you know i made hideous amounts of errors constantly he was incredibly patient with me so you know and i haven't talked to him in a long time but i'm really incredibly grateful for the the lessons that he gave me um and my friend arthur who was also a french player that i played a few times and then since then really i've played consistently i mean consistently every single day against uh, both matt gorham here in the uk and bart cola um, out there in the US, who who both picked me up either on on posts of battle reports or from Fanatic said, do you want to play some games? And we have played pretty much every day for the last year, and we've both gained a huge. We, we we've all gained a huge amount out of that, and I you know I'm really excited for the opportunity, hopefully to meet Bart if he can make it to Adepticon, and Matt I've played a lot of times and met a lot of times in the Super Guys. So those are the people that really taught me Kings of War. There's loads more people, but. Those are the main guys that I've never really properly thanked. And so that's a, a massive thank you from me to them. And here's to another amazing year. Uh, how about you, Alex? Well, actually, Kalen is the guy who taught me how to use the Universal Battle as well. Uh, no way! Yeah, I think he's in uh, in Philadelphia, I think. Um, yeah, I think he had a kid this year. So congratulations, Kalen. So that's probably why he's been a little out of the scene. But he's a great guy and he's super helpful. Um, also a rat player. Go rats. <laughs> um, I wanted to shout out to all the people in our, like, in the Northeast and in the local Ontario scene for, you know, making this game worth playing, like, around here, and can, the continued support of our events. Uh, everyone who made it out to King Beyond the Wall this year to make it a success for its maiden voyage, which was awesome. Um... And especially to uh, my Crossroads team, uh, the A-team, Steve, John, and Mike, uh, you guys are always uh, making uh, all the, every, you know, you're always uh, supporting all the events that I run. And uh, John picked up the slack last week and ran uh, the first version three tournament. So, you know, we always talk about it. Um, the community makes the game and just everyone here and locally and internationally are just awesome people and shout out to all you guys and thanks for all making this game what it is how about you rob for me i'll just touch a little bit on what jeremy hinted on which is you know we really appreciate everybody giving us feedback and listening and uh as jeremy said you know we put out a lot of content every piece of content's not going to work for everybody right and uh we just hope that we did something that you enjoyed and if you do make sure you're communicating and, and giving us feedback on our facebook page here's a weird one for me I, I really uh big shout out to the fanatics group i don't know if it was something that i was missing before but this year i've seen a remarkable change in the tone yes you still get the the stupid posts every once in a while from the troll or whatever but but like people like michael geld um, are just like shining lights of op optimism and positivity. Just keep it up. I mean, it makes it makes our community better when you have people that are just saying what's good about something rather than just always what's terrible about it. And so I, I you know, the finance group has been a real interesting change 
and, and maybe it's the third edition ushering it in. I'm not sure, but uh, or maybe I'm just looking at it from a different perspective. But uh, I've enjoyed it a lot this year. And so keep it up. And uh, I look for many more years to come. Well, that's it for you, Rob. And that's it for us tonight. So everyone, thank you for joining us in 2019. And we look forward to you joining us in 2020. And until next time, keep countercharging. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time on Countercharge. Please let us know what you thought of the show by emailing us at counterchargepodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter at countercharge15. If you enjoy the show, you can help others find out about it by leaving positive reviews on iTunes. Until next time, keep countercharging. Music is a composition of Kevin McLeod and is licensed under Creative Commons. 